0: Welcome aboard the battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Back, and thank you for listening, David. Yes. How you doing?
1: I think I am high off paint fumes. Uh Yeah, <laughs> we are here at uh, your home mm-hmm. where you have recently repainted the guest bathroom. That's what kind of swanky life you're, li- you're living.
0: Just the counter Just of the of the, the guest bathroom. Okay.
1: Yes. Uh, and yeah, it is pungent.
0: It is, and it was worse yesterday, and I, and it's right by my office, and I had nowhere to go. <laughs> so I thought, oh, maybe I'll just uh, open the window. Right. Blazing hot outside. No, thank you. It was like 100 degrees.
1: Yeah, that's pretty hot. Pretty hot. <laughs> um, I'm just realizing we didn't pick anything to talk about at the top of the show. That's all right. I don't care. Okay, well, I got stuff. Oh, okay. Um, uh, but I want to bring in our our uh, our guest first. In fact, right. I want you to bring in our guest because uh, you guys are such good buds, hmm. and we're be, we're going to be talking about Comic Con. Yeah, that's right again. Um, <laughs> and you you guys spend a lot of Comic Con together.
0: Okay, <laughs> I know who you're talking to, and it's a perfectly reasonable concern on his that part. that we do
1: too much Comic Con. Two episodes plus some mini-episodes. Yeah. Out of... So there's 50 episodes a year, like regular episodes. Right. Not to mention other bonus episodes we do that aren't about Comic-Con.
0: That's true. But you know Um, what? If it were me, I'd probably... I might... Well, I, I don't know if I'd feel the same, but no, I, I wouldn't. I'm, I just, sympathize with this guy, no, and I, you, with know, your tie, I, you don't sympathize with anybody.
1: No, when we talked about it off mic, I clearly
0: sympathized with him. Now
1: oh, okay. I'm playing my character, where I'm a bit of a jerk. <laughs> character. Um, and, uh, yeah, he doesn't have to listen to the, the Comic-Con episodes.
0: I think he still should. Okay. And not just because it's brought to you by Tweaked Audio. and uh, Yeah, I can, no, we'll get to that. I'm not going um, go to go into that.
1: But, uh, yeah, why don't you bring on our guest, who is, has no problem with us doing another Comic-Con.
0: Episode. Oh, bring him on. That's what I say. Yeah, so uh, so you and I, David, we went to Comic-Con, and my co-host for More Than One Lesson, Josh Long, he came along as well. He got press credentials through More Than One Lesson, which I find comical, almost, because if only they knew our numbers. Uh, hopefully they're not listening to this, this right now. But, anyway... Um, so uh I don't
1: know, if there's one episode the comic they might listen to, the, to fair it, enough. this one <laughs> fair enough
0: um but anyway so uh so josh was able to uh to join me for a good uh, part of the weekend and it was his first real comic-con and so i thought i would invite him to join us uh in this episode and so he is here with us now he's one of our writers as well josh long josh hi there how you doing Doing all right.
2: Now, Josh, I would like to know what Tyler means by your first real Comic-Con. I was there last, well, I was in San Diego last year during Comic-Con. Right. So I got to see some of the things that were around the convention center. Right. So a lot of the stuff that's happening outside of the actual, uh, anything you don't need a pass for. Yeah. I guess not anything. I still missed a lot of stuff, but, uh, but that's what I did last year. So this year I actually had the pass for all four days, so I got to, you know, this time I was able to experience panels, to experience the exhibition hall, and all that stuff. And the lines, oh, the lines. You got to experience all those lines. Oh, yeah. You probably were in some lines lines last year. I actually was. I think the line that I was in last year to get into the Adult Swim Fun House was longer than anything that I I waited uh, in this year. Probably, yes. Which is part of the reason that I didn't do it again.
1: Yeah. But lines, before we get into our actual... Stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Now I've been going to Comic Con. This is my ninth Comic Con. Yeah. And I am one of the. You know, Comic Con is a celebration of fandoms, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of different fandoms. But now, their Comic Con itself is an established enough thing that they're Comic Con fans. Like, yeah. and I would consider myself one of them. Like mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time reading and thinking about
0: San Diego, Diego Comic Con. I'm actually a big fan of Comic Con fans. <laughs> See, you so, started another uh, yeah. blog, hmm. so and I, I think I think I'm going to start up my own convention of fans <laughs> of Comic Con
2: fans. That's a good idea.
0: Now, um,
1: have either of, I don't know if either of you are Comic Con fans to the extent that I am that you have been keeping up with the drama in the Comic Con fan community uh, since
0: since the con ended. I have. Uh, I'm not sure if I'd say I've been keeping up with it, but uh, I have seen multiple articles posted and. Yeah. I, while I've not sought them out, when they pop up, I do read them, yes. okay. So you I, I am
2: know. totally unaware okay, of what's you going be on. Okay,
0: will the audience surrogate, because okay. I'm sure
1: you know most of the audience, but this is fascinating to me. The main crux of the problem, of the, of the controversy here, is that some of the people who write and podcast at the SDCC unofficial blog, mm-hmm. sdccblog.com, um, were—they knew about the unofficial Hall H line for Saturday— That was lining up on Friday Mm -hmm. for a couple hours and intentionally did not, despite the fact that they're there as press to cover Comic-Con and part of their theoretical purview is getting Comic-Con information out to the people while they're at the convention. They intentionally kept this line secret for a couple hours because it worked to their advantage to do so. That's... Am I right? That's the crux of the controversy. That's some of
0: what I've what I've heard. Ha, what how, I don't understand is how it worked to their advantage. That's what I was about to ask. Like, what advantage are we talking about? So they could, so they could get in. They get in lines first.
1: Yeah, so they would be okay. the have ah. places uh, early in the line. Which I mean, it's this is this speaks to the whole silliness of this uh, of what the Hull H Line has become because they're all un, it's it's an unofficial line, uh, you know. The whole camping out thing, I'm at this point, like, you would have had to, for Saturday, Hall H, unless you had some sort of pass or some other way in, like, you would have had to line up by, like, midnight on Friday to even get into Hall H on Saturday. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and But you weren't even supposed to start lining up until programming in Hall H had ended. I think it was at 8 or something. Yeah. But there were unofficial lines on Friday for Saturday starting at, like, noon or earlier. Um. And uh, I, I, I just so I'm glad that you, Tyler, have been reading about this because I just want to bring this up uh, to illustrate a number of points about Comic-Con okay. <laughs> that uh, the whole age line thing is uh, really stupid. And also that as much as I am a Comic-Con fan, the fandom is maybe <laughs> a lot of control that it's you've got this. Uh, It's really just a Tempest in a teapot, but it's, like, a huge deal within this community.
0: Wouldn't it just be fun if the people who run Comic-Con just decided to start fucking with people and they had the Marvel panel at Thursday at 10 (laughs) a.m.? You know, like, just that sort of in room room 25 (laughs) ABC. That would be
1: great. That would be great. But, well, that gets to—I don't know. Do you guys have any more thoughts on— Because I I do think there is something to be said about the integrity or ethics of— what uh, oh sure if the if it's true by the way yeah allegedly yeah if it's true that they intentionally kept this line secret for a couple hours for their benefit uh that's sketchy
0: because that is yeah if their
2: if their job is to let people know about that sort of thing then yeah i'd say
0: that's yeah not yeah. okay yeah but whether it's true or not that's that's up to the grand jury to decide and that's but and it, it'll get there the oh absolutely is,
1: i mean we are all we all attended Comic Con as press, mm-hmm. and we all got to decide how we were going to cover Comic Con, right? Yeah. So, I guess it's within the SDCC unofficial blogs' uh, rights to say, "Well, that's not part of," since we set our own standards for what we want to cover. That's not something we have to cover. No,
0: but it is. I think we're covering the stuff that Comic Con is about. So I'm going to be talking about Gotham. I'm going to be talking about the stuff that the panels are are seeming to discuss, because Comic Con is a venue that delivers information and opinions about the stuff that I actually like. If you and I had a podcast about the event of Comic Con, regardless no, of what was happening there, uh, like no, the, what the specifics, I'm,
1: what I'm saying is that no one, like Comic Con, isn't giving them or us a conditional press badge. Comic Con doesn't have um you know a minimum of coverage or certain guidelines yeah, yeah. of coverage we could do i mean we could do almost nothing and i think comic-con i don't know if they'd keep giving us a badge i'm not sure about that i'm not interested in doing yeah, nothing.
0: Jo- josh got a badge and uh for our most for the upcoming episode of more than one lesson we we mentioned comic-con for about, about three minutes okay so. <laughs> um, man you're
2: you guys are just screwed me out of this badge for next year there's no way but you're I mean, here now though <laughs> uh, but i
0: think
1: this is part of why to go back to the other person's the the that phantom person's complaint i addressed earlier mm-hmm. about this co- this is part of the reason we cover comic-con as much as we do because we uh, uh appreciate that they let us go for free and i think we feel um the desire to earn that you know that's why we do two episodes
0: plus uh, at least three minisodes every year. I feel mm-hmm. no particular uh, desire to do that, but um, but that's <laughs> okay. Well, because
1: you can enjoy not having a
0: badge next year. No, I'm still gonna do it. I'm still gonna. I'm still well, gonna see if the Comic Con people who listen to this they'll be like, David, David's the don't only one. Give a shit. They're who like, we which are? one's
2: Tyler? Which one's David? We got to nix one of them.
1: Yeah, I'm David. I cover <laughs> Comic Con. Much. To, uh,
2: I, I take it seriously. And I'm Kyle Anderson. Just take my badge.
0: <laughs> uh, We're all here representing the Nerdist. Uh, no, I guess what I what I will say is um, this idea. Yes, I guess they there is no rule for for minimum amount of coverage or anything like that. But what I will say is just it's just kind of shitty. Yeah, that they did that, and maybe even I'm not sure if I'd say unethical, but it's just kind of shitty.
2: You know, part of the question is where did they get that information about the secret line? I if they got it, the
0: security people,
2: because I think if they get it directly from. Comic-Con and they're...
1: Well, I don't think Comic-Con... Again, I don't... Comic-Con itself, I think, doesn't like the lines. And for years... Mm. uh, I mean, not all the lines, but the Hall-Age line in particular. And this was the first year with the whole wristband thing that they sort of said fine (laughs) you know let's see what we can do about people not hating us because of this line but i mean i think if it were up to comic-con people wouldn't camp out at all Mm -hmm. but i don't think they can stop people and so they have security there to make sure it happens as safely as possible and again this line for hall h that was there friday afternoon was not comic-con endorsed but i guess the again the allegation is that these guys from this blog had the word from the security people that this was the unofficial line for when the official line started. This is where they're going to take take people from. And they kept that under wraps uh, Mm. for their own advantage.
0: Yeah, I'll say this. If they were using what they were, the kind of blog that they were, in order to get that information that no one else, and they got it because, oh, you're... You're this blog. Okay, fair. Right, on. that's what I was then thinking I'd with if they had that's, gotten That's pretty rough.
2: Yeah, if they had gotten it from Comic-Con would be that yeah. sort of situation. But,
1: but if uh, it's not. So, well, let me put it to you guys because now I'm outnumbered by uh, conservatives, right? Oh, <laughs> good. All right. <laughs> um, so should, uh, should Comic-Con take some action against these people or should we let the free market, as it were, Take care of itself, and people say, "Oh, these guys aren't reliable. Let's follow someone else next." Well, I think they should like,
2: be deported, and then once they're there, there I think go. we should in, enact capital punishment. Tomorrow. I
0: think they absolutely shouldn't be allowed to get married. I'll tell you that. Yeah, right. that's not <laughs> right. Yeah, it's. Uh, I was talking more about economics. <laughs> the economics. Oh, okay. I was comparing we'll, this we'll situation.
1: There, imagine their Twitter followers
0: is, is their like profit. Yeah, margin. Or whatever. <laughs> we'll let the invisible hand of the internet uh, come into play. Uh, but actually, well, that
2: that actually is that's not a bad point because now if if that if now this is what has happened is what people know about them. I've never even heard of this this organization before. Now what I know about them is that they took this thing and might have used it for their own advantage, immorally. Yeah, right. So I, I don't know. I guess you could say that that will result in them that, that will hurt them in the long run, and it's their own fault.
0: Yeah, especially if there's a lot of publicity going around about it. Everything okay over there? I'm not sure. Okay, uh, um, hang on. Is everything still running? At the moment, publicity. it is. It's okay. sort of made some weird jumps for a second. Okay, there. damn it, GarageBand. Okay. Um. Uh, so okay. Anyway, yeah, do well, we have anything else to say about? Well, I have used I have used that blog, and I found it oh, I very use it,
1: helpful. I use it extensively,
0: but um, that, because
1: they are. And that's the thing, it's uh, to keep going back to the uh, economics thing, it's almost like they're um, too big to fail because they are there. There are other people sort of passing on information, mm-hmm. but nothing like this with what they do. They they are the most exhaustive and the most informative, yeah. not just during the convention, but in the weeks and months leading up to it. Um, and so I don't know that I, I, I'd like to say, I'm going to use your competitors website instead, but I know that come next year, I'm still going to be following stccblog.com because that's where I find out out about everything I want to
2: know. Well, then I think, I think what should happen is Comic-Con themselves should, uh, use some of the bad, well, raise the badge price and then they're going to use some of that to create their own
0: information blog.
2: And then that one can, uh,
1: which they do have, but it's nothing like
0: yeah like that. yeah it's it is weird. it seems like the official one should have more <laughs> that is information
1: weird. and they've uh, they've stepped up like there's more information more detailed information about exclusives and autographs and stuff from comic con this year than in the past, but also not until closer to the convention, whereas this particular blog was updating stuff like I said months in advance as soon as stuff was announced you could you know you could find out about what exclusives you want uh
0: You know, what could wind up happening is if people get to the point where they are genuinely suspicious of this blog, uh, this is something that I've done in the past, uh, is I will read a bit of information from a place that I've found, from a website that I've found to be, not just with Comic-Con, but in in life, a website that I've found to be mostly dependable. But depending on how I've been feeling about them lately, I will go to a second place to get confirmation. Hmm. Resources. what was that?
1: <laughs> you need three sources. I do will I will
0: sometimes look for a third source, yes. Um and so uh so that might happen and that's the thing is that's that might happen here and what that event and if you get enough people doing that, then at the very least you get a little bit of diminishing of of that blog. Um but yeah, no I don't I don't think Comic Con should necessarily take action against them or anything okay. like that.
1: Uh, I just thought that was they're efficient. free
0: to do so if they want. Um, <laughs>
1: I thought that was interesting, uh, and I still think, and maybe we'll talk about it more, that the whole Hall H
0: thing is ridiculous. This is the first year I made it into Hall H, and I've got some opinions.
1: Okay, I look forward to that. Um, But also, I would like to say, before we get into the episode, that um, I've seen a number of articles this year by people like me who love Comic-Con taking a sort of defensive stance. Mm Mm-hmm. And a part of me wants to say like, Comic Con clearly doesn't need to be defended. It's you know it sells out every year.
0: Yeah, Um, but there is it sure does. (laughs) There's a large contingent of people who scoff at it. Oh, Uh, absolutely. Uh, Our friend uh, Adam Rabataro posts stuff about how uh, yeah, and I got into a
1: little bit of it with him on Twitter.
0: Um,
2: now, for for me, for somebody who doesn't really know too much about that well, world, is the are the people are you talking about people who feel like Comic Con has sold out?
1: They're saying, I guess, the main complaints are Comic Con has been taken over by movie studios and it's not really even about comics anymore. Um, and I feel the need to defend that for a, in a couple in a number of ways. Um, yeah, it seems like and this is um some of our friend uh, Ryan Gallagher from Criterion Cast said mm-hmm. that uh, most people who are complaining about Comic Con are complaining about Hall H. That is yeah. like the thing that draws the most attention, and uh, there's so much more to it. And Comic Con is enormous, and it is what you make it. Yeah. Uh, and um, as far as whether it's about comics anymore, now I don't read as I don't read comics as much as a lot of people, but I know. If you break down panel, panels by topic, uh, there are more panels about comic books than any other
0: thing. To the point that I started getting annoyed, um, <laughs> which is totally wrong of me to do so. But what I'll say is like, what I was, as they released every day's schedule, mm-hmm. I scrolled through and I remember thinking, damn it. How many damn comic book stuff, (laughs) comic book pounds do they need? Well, see. And yeah, that like for me,
2: I'm not someone who's, I've read like one comic book in my life, maybe two.
1: Which one? Um, Was it it
2: the police uh, academy? It was the, it was all the police academy. I read all those. (laughs) If you don't count like, like comic strips, like peanuts and stuff like that, I've read a lot of those, but like I read Watchmen Mm -hmm. and I read one called uh, enormous because I was working on a project that was based on it. Okay. That's the extent of my commonality. Never read, never read any of the big ones. Don't know anything about everything that I know about Batman, Spider-Man Avengers or whatever that I learn as the movies come out and I see them. Mm-hmm. So being somebody who's not a comics person at all, I go and I see, there's a lot of comic stuff. Yeah. Like I, I look down like you said, you, you see <laughs> you're frustrated how much <laughs> there is. And I'm like, most of this is not for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing. Walking through the exhibition hall, there's a lot of toys there's a lot of other things a lot of star wars a lot of big presences but there's still a ton of comics there and i had the thought like if i was looking for specific comic book things i think this is the way that i think about music because that's the thing that i nerd out about a little bit more um i I would want to know the place where you can get the most of the best music yeah um and this is the sort of place i thought if comic books are your thing this is where you get the most of the best comics
1: that actually brings up another controversy that we won't spend as much time on uh but the guy who runs Mile High, Mile High Comics from Denver wrote a blog post. He's been coming to San Diego Comic-Con every year uh, you know, as an exhibitor, as you know, selling comics for like 40-something years. Um, and he's saying he doesn't think he, he can go anymore. And it's not because of what these detractors would say, that, oh, people aren't buying comics anymore because they're there for movies or TV or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason he's not making money anymore is because the big publishers have – um, gotten so into creating variants and exclusives that they only sell at the convention that that's where everyone's spending their money. And hmm. people aren't buying comics from small retailers and buying the old rare comics and the stuff that he would make his money on. Everyone's hmm. there to get these exclusives, which I'm part of the problem there, uh, if that's a problem, because yeah, that's last, what I buy.
0: Last year I bought a, a, a an exclusive Riddler. Um, yeah, I actually... There have been a few articles written about how people are spending less at Comic-Con uh this year, uh, there there are a lot of blogs written about how this Comic Con wasn't that great. <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I hear a lot of yeah people have complaints about them. Well, that's what I'm hearing.
0: Well, let's go. let's find out if that's true. Yeah, but
1: first let's uh, let's um, direct your attention over to tweakedaudio.com. That's where you're, uh, that's your home for uh, professional quality earbuds in a variety of styles and colors. And uh, if you go there and you and, and you, you go that extra mile, tweakedaudio.com dot slash pretension, you get those for one third off, and you don't have to pay any shipping charges. I use it's those simple.
2: headphones every time I'm washing dishes. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> washing dishes is boring. I can listen to podcasts.
1: <laughs> uh, so, what do you like? Let your dishes pile up, and then
2: I don't have a dishwasher, so if you go like two days and don't do any dishes, it's the sink is just full. So See,
1: I, this is why I'm like. Like with cleaning up after myself, I I do the dishes as they're dirty.
2: I I try, but I cook a lot also, and sometimes that means using a lot of dishes. And so uh, just ultimately, a lot of times I cook, and then afterwards I'm like, I don't feel like doing the dishes right now because I just spend an hour cooking or something like that. Then I let it sit. Then the next day, uh, it's, it's already there. But anyway, all that to say, once it piles up, pop in the tweaked audio headphones there you go listen to uh listen to a podcast or listen to some uh, listen to the kinks or something
1: that's you can do all, all that and more with your tweaked audio uh earbuds and in, again that website is tweakedaudio.com slash pretension um okay let's get into it shall we indeed first is anyone besides me hearing a weird rattling No? Okay. I'm just going crazy. Okay. all right.
2: (laughs) Maybe that's a concern. Uh,
1: Anyway, it's only when I talk, so maybe it's literally inside my head. Your brain's just rattling around in there. That might be what it
2: is. I hear like a screaming, but that's normal. (laughs) I always hear that.
1: (laughs) Uh, So, uh, let's talk about... How do do you want to do this? Do you want to do chronologically uh, talk about Comic-Con, or or do you want to first do sort of an overview?
0: I feel like overview is good, and I want to start with... Josh, it was your first real Comic-Con, so in the broad strokes and then we'll get specific later. Um, what did you think of Comic uh, What did you think of Comic-Con and we'll end with you answering this question. Would you want to do it again? So, what did you think of Comic-Con?
2: I I think I had a positive experience overall. Um, I It's interesting there was a toss-up with some of the panels and things because uh, some of my thought, if I'm going to have to wait an hour, if I'm going to have to wait like four hours in line to see some of these things, living in Los Angeles and being kind of involved in the critic community, as we all are, I get the chance to see a lot of these people anyway. So if it's about seeing the celebrities, mm. it's not, I've been to a lot of SAG screenings or like Q and A's and things like, like that, that has been a normal enough thing that it's not that exciting to be able to say it's certainly not exciting enough to wait in a hall h line for eight hours or whatever to see the cast of the avengers um then again i'm not the primary audience for that get you in, by the way. yeah see like that's <laughs> insane to me that people yeah. will wait for that long for. now again i'm not the prime audience for that because again i'm not a comic book person so like i'm i enjoy the avengers but like for me the it seems like that would be the equivalent of someone who's a who's a huge comic book nerd waiting for like 10 hours to hear Noah Baumbach speak. Like if if you pr- propose that idea to them, they would be like, what are you talking about? What's wrong with you? <laughs> um, and that's kind of the, the way that I feel like it's like, yeah, that, yeah that's, that'd be cool. But there's no way I wait 10 hours or however right. long. There's no way I'd camp out the night before yeah. just yeah. so that I could see them. And one thing I did notice, and this is something I guess you guys probably already know, that in some of the bigger halls, uh, depending on when you can in, can get in there, you're so far back anyway that you're really just watching it on a screen. It's yeah. the yeah. same as watching it on TV.
1: But it, I still enjoy that um, when it's the right panel. like Because I, I, I one thing I love about Comic-Con is being – some of my favorite panels are often – I say this all the time – are often things that I – have no idea about. I happen to be in the room because I'm waiting for the next thing, but the fan base is so passionate. Mm. Um, last year it was Psych, uh, a show I had never watched at that point. Um, and this year it was Teen Wolf, a show that I've seen exactly <laughs> one episode of and didn't think was very good. But it was a really fun panel to be in because you've got a passionate fan base. Yeah. And I kind of, when I have been in there in Hall H, which I, I didn't do Hall H except for a little bit on Thursday um, this year, but when I have been in there for like the, you know, I was there last year uh, when they announced that it was going to be Batman versus Superman, right? Mm-hmm. Which a had already leaked online early in the day. I already knew. <laughs> and B, I don't care anyway. Um, no. uh, probably not going to see it, but, uh, most of the room, I guess, didn't know or didn't care that they didn't know. And when the, you know, the, you got the Superman logo come in and the Batman logo fades in behind it, people lost their shit. Yeah. And I was like, this is so much fun. <laughs> yeah. And I don't care. I didn't care that I didn't care.
2: Yeah. So I will say, I don't mean to say that, those are not worth it when you're when when you're in their way back and you're just watching it on the tv um i think that they're still cool and i still had fun but i don't. I think they're not that's where the lines to me mm-hmm. that's where waiting that long doesn't really yeah doesn't really uh isn't isn't enough of a reason for me
1: well it i think the the wristband thing both helped and hurt this year because um like I said, like Friday night for Saturday, you had to get in line like before midnight to get in for Saturday, which was not true last year. Last year, the cutoff was about 530 in the morning, which is still early, um, but not nearly as early. You could still sleep in your own bed and get up early, which is what I did last year. Um, and so I think part of that was because of the wristband thing. The people were just trying to get there early to get the wristband so they'd feel like they were secured getting mm-hmm. in. But the upside is that there weren't as many people waiting – who didn't get in you know people uh who waited mm-hmm. for hours which is what happened to me on friday last year where i got in there uh, I got in line at like seven o'clock or something in the morning and waited for hours and didn't get in for yeah. the first couple panels like that's really frustrating mm-hmm. And i don't know that i would have done it if i'd known i wasn't going to get in well that's right, that's right. the wristband thing this year as you show up oh they already gave out sixty five hundred wristbands i'm not gonna wait i'm not right. gonna waste my time
2: and that's a that's a whole element that i didn't realize was part of it because i i hadn't I don't. It's funny. I thought that Hall H was like an area where there were lots of rooms off it, and all the best rooms were there. I didn't realize it was just one room. Yeah, just one. That room. was uh, that was new to me. So then I was like, oh, I feel like that opens it up a lot. I, th- I thought like half of the panels were going to be in Hall H, and uh-huh. I was going to be like, well, I'm just not going to get to see most of the big stuff. But uh, the idea that since they rotate out that way, there's no way of telling exactly how many people are going to get. Into there, and I was mostly the, the longest line that I waited in was I waited about an hour and a half to get into the Indigo Ballroom for and, which uh... Uh, for pretty much all of the Adult Swim stuff. I was in there from like twelve thirty to six or okay. something like that. I, I there was a big block there where that was on Friday, right? Yes, where yeah. almost everything I wanted to see was during that block on Friday. So that that's when I was like, nah, I'm all right to wait a little bit longer. Plus, I didn't have anything else to do, <laughs> so uh, so that wasn't bad. But y- you have to kind of wonder exactly what's going to happen because you don't, you never know how many people are going to come back out. So that, that was just an element of it that I was not aware of that. It's just kind of this, and there's nothing we can do about that really. I don't think like, especially once at the beginning of the day, they can do what they did with the wristbands. But after that, it's kind of like you you can't control how many people leave. Yeah, You
1: never know who, yeah,
2: everyone could stay because they want to see something that happens seven hours later, you know?
1: Yeah. And I think part of the fun is that guesswork, like, when I went to Ballroom 20 on Thursday to see Hannibal, um, I mean, I ended up getting in in time for uh, uh, most of the Teen Wolf panel, uh, like which I mentioned. But I was in line saying, like, I wonder how much crossover there is between Teen Wolf fans and Hannibal fans. And, like, mm-hmm. you can guess, like, oh, probably not that much, but you don't know. And to me, that's yeah. kind of part of the fun, but it can also be very frustrating if you – I've had bad years before where for a whole Comic-Con, like, I keep misjudging things and don't get into the stuff I want. Whereas this year, um, because of both room scheduling and uh, some lucky
0: breaks, I did get into pretty much everything I wanted to see.
2: Yeah, I I think I did, too.
0: So, Josh, is it something that you would want to go to next year or just again sometime?
2: Yeah, I think I would. I would enjoy it. I had a good time. Oh, Um, boy. Yeah. I'm excited. The one thing that was not fun. Okay. Has nothing to do with Comic Con. <laughs> I, I, yeah,
0: I we'll think it was that. fun. We'll I that had that a great night.
2: club sandwich at that meetup. Um <laughs> that
1: club sandwich did look good.
2: It, it was good. You can find out next year. Um the one thing I didn't enjoy is I think I got bed bugs from the uh from the hotel where I stayed. Oh. So
0: that's not good at all. We don't know what the th- – we don't actually know, though, because he and I <laughs> stayed in the same room, and I'm it's, fine.
2: There's a whole ridiculous mystery about this whole thing that's driving me insane, and it's going to be super boring to all of you, so I won't go into all the details. But suffice it to say, I, I can't think of anything that explains th- that explains why I have them and other people don't have them and uh, so on and so forth.
0: Yeah. We were, we were in separate beds. Mm-hmm. Like the 50s. For the first night. Yeah, yeah. And then we got, we got a little close. Um, <laughs> it's Comic-Con. But <laughs> that's, hey, that's just Comic-Con.
2: I, I saw a guy wearing a t-shirt, and I'm sure this is this has been a thing for a while, but it said, what happens at Comic-Con, stays oh, at absolutely. Comic-Con. And the guy who was wearing that shirt, I could just tell he was going like, please, something please, happen. I want something to happen that can <laughs> stay here. <laughs> um, My favorite
1: shirt that I see every year is the one with Boromir that says, one does not simply walk into Hall H. <laughs> yeah. I think that's pretty fun.
0: <laughs> Yeah, so uh, we are in separate beds, and Josh has all these bug bites on him, and I'm clean as a whistle. It could
1: be they just don't like you
0: because this is what happened. in My old apartment. I do bathe in rubbing alcohol. Is that an yeah. issue?
1: At my when I lived in my old apartment, um, I'm going to blame my neighbors because it was a studio apartment, and there were two grown men sharing the studio apartment next to me, and mm-hmm. I always had ant problems and stuff always mm-hmm. coming from that one wall. Yeah. And at one point, my cat got fleas. Mm-hmm. Ooh, um, and I and my. Uh, then girlfriend, now fiance, Uh, when she would come over, she would say, I'm pretty sure you have fleas in your apartment. I keep getting these bites (laughs) in my leg. And I was like, you're crazy, because I was getting nothing. And eventually, I ended up inspecting my cat and realizing, oh, she's got flea bites all over her. I should take care of this. But it could be they just don't like you the way fleas apparently
2: don't like me. Hmm. All right. That's one of the things that has... uh, (laughs) I tried not to make this an actual conversation. Now it's happening. So I'll, I'll just say... Let's move on from this.
0: Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so let's please do because anytime you and I have talked about this over the last few days, I just become itchy, Yeah, but it's purely psychosomatic.
2: And it always ends up taking, I always, it always ends up becoming more of an involved conversation that I feel like it needs to. And then I feel guilty for the end because I'm like, now, now I'm one of, I'm like one of those old people. It's like my knees has been acting up again. <laughs>
1: okay uh that's what
2: old people do no, fair enough
1: um you you did you get you have some trouble getting into san diego in and time
0: like i had Wednesday? some i had some train issues uh due to it, some misinformation were and you such. with no no i came the next day okay.
2: although my subway train had a problem in la
0: which i don't think that never had. happens yeah um what do you know i've taken it from time to time okay. and it's been fine it's, <laughs> i think uh, the subway all very... the
1: time and it happens oh. there are people on the tracks and then they have to stop the train that's that's like what they jump happens. on the tracks yeah, or they're, like, either they jumped on the tracks, you know, to try and kill themselves, which, if someone gets hurt or killed, then you, it's still going to be a long, long wait. A lot of times it's Has that it's, happened
2: when you were on there ever?
1: Uh Once. Really? Wow. And but a lot of times it's just, like, crazy people who, yeah. like, are jumping on the tracks and then they radio ahead to the... So the train's in no danger of hitting them. Yeah. It's just they radio ahead, like, hey, stop in the, in the tunnel. There's a that, crazy person on the tracks. We have to get them off. That might have been what mine was. Yeah.
0: Boy, oh, boy. That's rough stuff. I guess I've been very lucky with my trains, uh, except, uh, except uh, like Amtrak. There was that 13-hour delay when I was going from Minnesota to Chicago. which Man, I, uh, the I feel f- like inst- you should have walked at that point. Yeah, the train ride was eight hours, so oh a 13-hour delay, I like to call a cancellation. Uh-huh. But anyway, <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, like, was there not a – there must
1: have been another train to Chicago between, like, in that 13 hours. So we're you just building up more people?
0: No, I don't know. What I don't know. Other
1: trains come and go and they're like, no, we're waiting for your train. It
0: was about eleven years ago, I don't totally <laughs> okay. recall. Uh, but anyway, I do this
1: isn't a podcast. We about do need, yeah, need uh, <laughs> uh, Because <but>, uh, <laughs> I was gonna ask was. you guys what you did Wednesday night, but neither of you was at the convention Wednesday night.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I got to my hotel, walked over to the Denny's near me, sat alone and ate, and felt wonderful because I was at Comic Con, it was laid out before me, I was here at Denny's and it was uh, good stuff. All right. Also, I hadn't really eaten that day, nah. so I was eating. I'm like, oh, this feels good. <laughs>
2: my Wednesday night, I had a lovely anniversary dinner with my wife at I a death. place called Marino's well, in uh, Hollywood. Tried out.
0: Uh,
1: I hit the exhibit hall floor and picked up some Uh as they're called. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, Did they just start idiots. calling that this year? Because I hadn't, haven't heard that. I had
1: never heard it before until our good friend Aaron Newworth, who's one of my Comic-Con buds in front yeah. of the show. Um, started calling them sclusies, and I find it so delightful to say that that's what I call them now it that's makes what, me want to
2: punch them right in the uh, head that's what we do now as a society we take a word and we just shorten it and yeah. we're like isn't that fun that's it, what fun is now you
1: know and sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't Skloosies <laughs> I'm coming down on the fun side uh, but uh, uh, and I'll, I'll try to stick to mostly movie and a little TV related stuff because I bought some comics but who cares this isn't the comic show uh, movie wise uh, Fox puts out <laughs> This is the second year they've done it. Um, limited edition, or Blu-rays with limited edition co- uh, artwork that you can only get at Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. Or I guess you can get them on the website during Comic-Con, which oh, all right. seems like a little bit of a cheat. But uh, now, people get to have this art, Such a purist. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but I got RoboCop uh, <laughs> okay. and uh, Edward Scissorhands and Young Frankenstein. Nice, on nice. They also had Alien and Princess Bride. Ooh. Uh, but I already have both of those on Blu-ray, so I didn't think uh, about yeah. But the art for Princess Bride was so cool. Anyway.
0: You know, you mentioned Young Frankenstein, which reminds me, I will now say this. I'm sorry, it is uh, tangential. That's what we do. Okay. I um, hate Young Frankenstein. Yeah, uh, Mel Brooks can rot in hell. I know he's not dead. Um, <laughs> by the time this episode goes up, it will be August. Mel Brooks will be dead. Oh. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> if I have anything Ooh. to say about If that it. happens now, you guys are in trouble. Um... <laughs> It is now August which means it is now time for you guys to send in your ten submissions for the top 50 comedies of all time so well, what you'll do I'm excited about this one I am I am as well and uh, frankly I couldn't wait and so I put out a thing on Facebook so seven people have done it already um, and so uh, so yeah what you'll do is you'll send you'll pick ten movies that you think absolutely belong on the list you can and however, whatever criteria you want to use is fine. If you think these are the t- these should be the top ones, I don't care. If you think, you know, you could say that, uh, I think the example I used before is that ravenous, you could consider that a comedy and submit that. That's fine. Uh, I do require them to be feature length. Here's the thing. What it, does that mean? Okay. Sherlock Jr. is pretty short. Sherlock Jr., is exactly what I was thinking and that's 45 minutes. That was considered feature length at the time. Okay. So I'd say like use a little bit of it theatrically released. Okay. Feature length and then when you get into the silent era use your own discretion and do a little yeah. bit of research and that sort of thing. You the can't be the in average it. the average short at the time was like fi- 15 to 20 minutes. Sherlock Jr. 45 minutes, that was a feature. Yeah. So <clears throat> anyway, <clears throat> So, yeah, you'll send 10 of them to me, Tyler at BattleshipPretension.com. and uh, someone shaking the table or is there an earthquake? That's me. I'm shaking my okay. foot. Oh, okay.
1: Um, man, i oh, know here. <laughs> yeah,
2: that is true. Uh, you got the rattling? You got the shaking? What's going on?
1: Okay, well, let's get to Thursday because actually that's like the movie heaviest day for me. Okay. Um, so I wanna, uh, I'll start by talking about uh, a couple things. I ended up going to – this is how – yeah, Thursday is a little backwards because I tried to go to this p- panel – about uh, composers for music and TV right. called Behind the Music, Crime, Death, and Resurrection. That was full up. So I went to my backup plan, which was Hall H, and I walked right in. <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess you could do that on Thursday. Uh, so I was there for, um, I think between the two of us, Tyler, we like saw pretty much all of the Hall H programming on
0: Thursday, right? Weren't you in there? Between the two of us, well, let me think. Did you see all of it? No. Because if that's the case, then between the two of us, we saw all of it. <laughs> you saw none of it? Not not on Thursday. I saw stuff on Friday and oh. Saturday.
1: Okay, uh, I thought you were in there on Thursday. Okay, I thought you were there for Paramount. No, you're, yeah, yeah, never mind. We talked. I was 20th this. Century Fox. Um, okay, so what I saw was DreamWorks Animation, which first was uh, a panel for something called Home, starring Jim Parsons as oh yeah yeah uh, an alien who I guess aliens invade Earth, and then Jim Parsons is like kind of the fuck up alien. Who gets mm. kicked out and then teams up with a human girl, uh, voiced by Rihanna, and they save the planet. I guess. Okay. Anyway, they showed um, an extended clip that seemed pretty. Uh, it had some action adventure uh, elements to it, but it also had the like the thing you normally see in like the Michael Bay movies, where a recognizable city gets destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, so wow. like Paris was getting totally destroyed in this kids movie. All right. or right. the.
2: Uh, Who's the other one that does that all the time? I can't think of his name now. Oh, and Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, that's not important. What is important is the revelation of Penguins of Madagascar. All right. I've seen zero Madagascar movies. Zero. Um, oh, oh for 3 on Madagascar movies. I'm okay. um, 0 oh for whatever on how many episodes of the Penguins of Madagascar series they've done. Okay. But they showed about, all told, probably about 20 minutes of the Penguins of Madagascar and I laughed a lot. There are a lot of really funny, like, my that's my kind of joke. Okay. Like, there's a part where two of the penguins are looking at uh, some schematics, you know? And uh, the one says, uh, this looks great, but will it fly? And the other one says, sure, if you do this and then folds it up into a paper airplane and throws the blueprints. That's pretty funny, right?
0: Sure. You don't think that's funny? <laughs> I will agree with you. It is your type of humor. <laughs> How about that?
1: Uh, but then there's other, like there's one part they're trying to sneak into Fort Knox. Okay. And one of the part, the, the like, uh, walkway is black and white striped, like a crosswalk. And so they roll on their bellies and backs in such a way that they're on their back with the white up when they're on the white stripes and on their stomach with the black part up when they're on the black stripes. So they blend in. Ah. Oh. I like,
0: like, that's I like clever. That, that's, that's clever. Neat. Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and uh, then there's a, a bit that I, again, just my kind of humor. I don't know if you like this. Here we go. But it's like the, so they're in the, uh, the good guy's, like, headquarters, like, high-tech headquarters, right? And it's like the scene, like, in, I think of, like, Awesome Power when Dr. Evil, like, suddenly calls into the union headquarters. He, he's up on the big screen, right. right? So John Malkovich voices the bad guy, uh, an octopus named Dave um and he does like he, that. like he like hacks in right mm. and he starts wildly gesticulating you realize oh they've got video but no audio <laughs> so he's like <laughs> trying to like threaten them or whatever and then they have to like make it clear like they can't hear him and then just he you know, he puts on his glasses and he's trying to figure out how to draw on the audio <laughs> uh there's all sorts of jokes like that that uh, that sounds
0: nice i like that
1: yeah that i i really liked uh so apparently i'm uh on board for the penguins of madagascar movie now yeah.
0: you go you have uh, no reason
2: not to see it when it comes out it's yeah. not too late to become a fan of that franchise have you apparently. seen all of them i haven't seen any of it i had no idea there was that much i if you would ask me how much madagascar stuff is out there i was like i think they made a sequel but uh, they made two sequels in a tv, TV show
1: and the yeah, whole spin off tv show just about the penguins i
2: had no idea i um, do remember I hearing that the third one's pretty good
1: yeah i have it at home if you want to borrow it i'm not gonna do that okay because uh, <laughs> you'd be lost have not having seen the first uh, exactly. There's no point exactly. Uh, and then the thing I was really there for on, in Holly H on Thursday, out of, just out of curiosity, was The Giver. I should say Philip Noyce's The Giver, based mm-hmm. on Lois Lowry's The Giver. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philip Noyce was not there, but Lois Lowry was, as was Jeff Bridges, who plays the Giver, um, and uh, who is not the star. Uh, for people who haven't read The Giver, it's named after. I know that's the name of the thing, but the Giver is not the main character uh anyway uh, and then they had uh brenton thwaites who uh plays the lead who was recently in the signal with Lawrence fishburne um anyway uh and i, I was there of curiosity because i had really liked the book growing up um i wish i could say better things about what they showed it seemed kind of bland it, i'd say it made me want to read the book again but it didn't really get me to look forward to the movie you know they they're clearly upping the sort of action elements. They mm. also, they're increasing the, the, you know, the the lead character is supposed to be twelve years old in the book, yeah, uh, and is reportedly sixteen in the movie, but played by like a twenty-four year old, yeah. Um, so uh, the, that is hard for me to wrap my mind around but i also understand why they from a financial standpoint you put a hunky guy in a movie yeah you know you it, sell more tickets
2: it's always hard with that with kid things like because there's a lot of it just doesn't work in a movie with a kid but then the story doesn't work as well with an older person like yeah. i like it baffles me in my mind that there is a there's a version of all the pretty horses where matt damon is playing the main character it's I supposed to be like a 15 year old kid huh. so it doesn't make any sense that it would be him in a it it wasn't fifteen year old Matt Damon. He was you know, right, twenty eight or something like yeah, that. Yeah. So that makes it an entirely different story. But then you can't make that movie with fifteen year olds. It's not going to work. So it's uh, I feel like it's always a weird thing like that with with kids, mm-hmm. depending on the story. Some of them work, but I, I haven't read The Giver. Is that one that wouldn't work so much if you yeah. were to actually cast a twelve year old?
1: Uh, well, one thing Jeff Bridges said. This something that Tyler you will get to something about these comic kind of things that. As much as it's like, wow, the cast and creators are very here to talk about their thing. It's like, well, first and foremost, they're here to sell it to you. Yes, um, and that is a little bit uncomfortable because Jeff Bridges clearly couldn't be honest about, you know, the reason I just <laughs> said, oh, they they up the age so they could have they could appeal to the Twilight crowd and have a like a hot young guy or whatever no. in the movie. Jeff Bridges is saying other, you know, like oh, you know, when you have a twelve year old, you can't film for as many hours a day so it costs more money and maybe that's part of the consideration that i
0: could see being being part of it I mean, but true. it just seems
1: like it seems like they're dancing around certain
0: things uh, you know he, uh, i'll say this it, he gave a reason and the reason was money so it's that's probably part of it
1: right but uh it also just like uh i wasn't the marvel panel and none of us were so we can't really talk about this but if this were the kind of thing that i would really want they would be talking at length about why edgar wright was not you, you know is not doing it but it's well, not yeah, you know
0: they're not going to do that
1: uh i mean i remember in 2010 someone at the Q and A asked um you know what happened with edward norton why isn't he going to be in the avengers um yeah. i think this is before they had officially announced mark ruffle i think they announced it like later that day hmm. um but uh they kind of just blew it off like Uh, in it like they blew it off by saying like oh we'll have an announcement on that later or something like it's all about yeah the selling and so i guess i do get torn on the hall h thing because i like the energy in the room but also you know my bullshit detector is going off constantly
0: (laughs) yeah i'll speak to that when we get to friday okay uh because like i said it was my first hall h experience and i had a, a reaction uh, which I, and I won't say what kind of reaction was it positive. Was it negative? Was what it allergic? E- Mildly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what else did you do Thursday? And Thursday. we should probably move it along because I do have a midnight show of guardians of the galaxy. Okay. Get uh,
1: it. Thursday was also, uh, Hannibal, which was a lot of fun. They brought mm-hmm. out, um, none of the main cast, but they, you know, it was, uh, caroline Deverness and scott thompson and aaron abrams and then brian fuller was there in a bright red suit and then they unannounced brought out raul esparza which who's well, quickly
0: becoming right my one of my favorite parts of the show
1: but that's one of the things i like about comic-con that you can say and now raul esparza and the yeah. r- room goes <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, uh anyway um it's like when i was at the panel for super back in like 2010 or whenever that was mm-hmm. and you know it's like live tyler who's a Big star and then Nathan Fillion And holy shit, Nathan is oh, <laughs> here. Uh, but anyway, um yeah, Hannibal is great and I like As opposed to the other thing that I was just talking about, about them trying to sell it, so often when you've got people there and you ask them questions about, like, what's going to happen next season, what's going to happen, what's up with your movie slate, they're, like, intentionally cagey about it because they're trying to tease you. Brian Fuller, like, is as specific and candid as you can possibly, as he's allowed to be, you know, really, like— you know, uh, so uh, is Francis Dollarhide going to be in season three? He's like, yeah, Francis Dollarhide shows up in episode eight of season three. Yeah, and, then he <laughs> pre-
0: and he proceeded to list, here's all the characters that you're going to see. Yeah. And he just lists them all off. <laughs> and people are excited about it. But I remember part of me th- thought, hmm, would have been neat to be surprised by that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but I think he's like banking on the power of what he's actually created. that I had No question about yeah, it. And I, I really liked that. Okay, uh, yeah. It was a fun
0: mm-hmm. panel. Yeah, knowing that Francis Dollarhide is going to show up, I want to see what is this version going to be because I'm fascinated.
1: They didn't say who they were casting, not because he's being cagey, but because they haven't cast it yet. And I guarantee (laughs) if they had cast it, Brian Fuller would have said, here's who's playing Francis Dollarhide. Probably, yes. Mm Because he doesn't have that. I love that about him. Uh, And then the final panel I went to on Thursday was Children's Hospital, uh, which was fun. They showed a long sizzle reel for season six, which I guess they're still in the process of editing because it doesn't start until... Uh, 2015, I yeah. guess. Um, I was at
2: that panel as well. I enjoyed oh, that You were, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I I haven't seen all of Children's Hospital because now now I can't see a lot of it because I don't have regular TV. Okay. So I've I've seen the first two seasons all the way through, I think, and then smatterings of it. But the clip that I saw on that sizzle reel, I was like, this this is like the funniest stuff I've seen from it. It looked great, so but I'm really th- I'm they were talking to about it.
1: how they've. Um, they were they, actually more committed to
2: the writing yeah, they, this year
1: <laughs> they did this year what they've never done before what they always said they were going to do' what we've never done before is they wrote all the scripts before they started filming <laughs> um, uh, so yeah like it could be a bit of a different show
2: but I think they could be great because right now it's it's if that's the case that means it's been surviving on the funniness of all of these improvisers mm-hmm. so when you get that combined with yeah. writing that yeah. those people have approved I think that sounds like you're you're in for a great season of TV
0: yeah So what else on Thursday? Well, we had the meetup. Well, what Did you guys go to any panels on Thursday? I went to several. So I started with uh, the the panel about Charles Schultz and specifically the social commentary of Peanuts. Sounds great, right? And by the way, they had an unannounced guest, which was Seth Green.
1: It wasn't Charles Schultz. (laughs)
0: No. <laughs> they wheeled that some weird. <laughs> some uh, that's that sounds mean. Uh but no, they brought Seth Green out, and I actually had like two days before just watched Dear Mr. Waterson about Calvin and Hobbes mm-hmm. and Seth Green's in that too. So apparently he enjoys comics, who would have thought? Uh Here's the thing about that panel, uh, and I'm sorry, everyone. I'm going to um, uh, bring up my Christianity. I don't give a shit anymore. I don't know why you would. Some some first
2: person that's ever said I'm going to bring up my Christianity.
0: I don't give a shit. Some people have been uh, critical of it, and so. Uh, but what I will say is that, uh, and maybe I'm being too sensitive, but they brought up like Charles Schultz, his. Uh, the, the Peanuts cartoons where he's talking about communism, where he's talking about the A-bomb, where he's talking about prayer in school. He's talking about, uh, uh, you know, women's equality in sports, which is a very specific thing. Um, but it's so a that, big deal. Yeah. And it, it was like he was like a big champion of that, which I didn't I had no idea. And so they brought up all this stuff and talked about some of the controversy that went with it. And I remember I have never felt the desire to ask a question during the Q&A. Uh-huh. I was literally seconds away. Uh, several people had asked questions. I was seconds away from, I had my bag in my hand and I was going to go up and actually ask a question. And then they said, We're, we have to end no more questions. And part of me was like, oh, thank God. Because the thing that they didn't ask, the thing that they didn't say and that nobody asked, and it bothered me, was Charles Schultz had to actively fight the studio to incorporate The end of Charlie Charlie Brown Christmas, Mm -hmm. where Linus goes out and quotes from Luke. Right. The studio didn't want it. uh, Sorry, the network didn't want it. And he said, I'm not doing this without it. That seems maybe not necessarily Let me me play devil's
1: advocate here. Okay. Um, That's a... uh, Maybe was the focus of the panel more on audience reaction controversy as opposed to fighting beforehand because uh, uh, all, all of the above okay because I, I don't know that i've ever heard that there was a big backlash against that once it happened
0: there's uh there is some, some low level stuff uh, because of course you have linus coming and saying that's what christmas is all about about charlie brown and you had people saying well that's not what it's about for me and so people there was some pushback against it
1: and okay. I, and i understand like the that christmas belongs to all of us and it's subjective but there is to a certain point a thing that christmas is all
0: about yeah. if you <laughs> look at the first few letters of the word in fact <laughs> yeah. um yeah and so and, and i i acknowledge like yeah it's however you want to observe it if you want to observe it at all that's fine go ahead but that's not. what was I? I know you wouldn't you you'll go and see the most i don't know if this is what you do anymore but you used to go see the most not anti-Christmas, but the most not Christmassy type fun, of movie. Yeah,
1: I saw, like, Wolf Creek one yeah. year, and I saw uh, um, Inland Empire
2: uh, <laughs> Christmas Merry Day. Christmas.
1: Uh, packed House. Um, I think I might have seen No Country on Christmas nice. Day. Nice. Something like that.
0: Maybe I Am Legend. I don't remember. Um, but, yeah, and so that was just something that bothered me. And I, and I didn't think it was anybody trying to like making that conscious decision. I just thought maybe it was a blind spot on the part of the panelists. It's something that as a Christian, when I watch Charlie Brown Christmas, I think, wow, that's, you don't hear this very much outside of a church or or something like that. And so it, it, it's jarring even to me, uh, But probably because of the things that I believe. And so maybe it just didn't occur to the panelists at all. But uh, that was something that kind of bummed me out. It it kind of disappointed me. It seems a little strange
2: to me they wouldn't bring up the uh, Christian overtones in some peanut stuff. Specifically because you've got Seth Green on that panel. And I know there's an episode of Robot Chicken where they do a Peanuts thing and they make a joke about there being overt Christian overtones yes, in they, uh, Peanuts.
0: Yes, they do. Uh, they they referenced that. Um, so
2: it seems strange that they wouldn't touch on that at all.
0: Uh, it seems strange, but maybe they just, you know, if, if it was a conscious choice, then that bothers me. But I mean, if it's not, a, if it was just an oversight, you know, it's it's fine. Maybe, I, wish, I wish I had asked a question.
2: Maybe they're me. making some kind of distinction between religious and social commentary that, sure. that they're separating those two maybe sure. somehow.
0: But that's the thing is. The whole peanut, that whole Christmas special is talking about the secularization of Christmas and the commercialization of Christmas, which are social. (laughs) Why
1: are you pointing at me? Because I know that. Yeah, I don't know.
0: (laughs) When I think of the commercialization of Christmas, I think David backs. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Giving your money to David Lynch.
1: (laughs) um, Real quick, while we're on the subject of uh, Christianity at Comic-Con. Oh, okay. And well, we won't go too much into the these guys because we talked about it in, during Comic-Con. The past. yellow signs? The guys with the yellow signs that say, you know, the wages of sin is death. Or yeah, uh, yeah. imagining one or two of them say repent uh, or something <laughs> like that. Stands yeah. to reason. That's uh, pretty
0: consistent. I think sta- I saw that.
1: Who stand there and just for hours just speak into megaphones uh, and do nothing but annoy the hell out of people. Yeah. I, I don't understand yeah. that. This is something um,
0: that we speak of in the most Streets in the upcoming episode of More Than, than One We just month. recorded a, uh, okay. an episode that deals with that.
1: But that's what I want to bring up. And I, I told you about it, Tyler. something else I saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, was, it was hot at Comic-Con this year. And there were a couple guys wheeling around a cooler offering, hey, do you want a free water? And someone would say, oh, sure. And they'd give him free water. They'd say, by the way, we're, we're with the whatever ministry. We're going to be up in the mezzanine behind the convention center yeah. if you want to come talk. That's it. Walk mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. This guy's got a free water. He listened to maybe 12 seconds of yeah. a thing. And now he's uh, – th- that seems like a much better way and a much more effective way to do this. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%, I, uh,
0: 100%. We went and actually talked to the go- those guys after you told me that story. They They're super nice. Super nice yeah. And they actually told me about Alpha Omega Con, which is a Christian pop culture convention, the first ever, September 20th. And you can find a more than one less exhibitor booth. Really? Yes. Where's it going to be? Uh, La Mar- 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 Yeah. And like a hotel? No, like a, uh, I don't know if it's a a field. I don't know. It's It's by the side of the road. Uh, I think it's in a large church. I don't know if it's in a mega church, but it's a, it's in a one that can accommodate a bunch of people, but it's only one day. So I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to go. Yeah. Anyway. Cool. And I found out about from those guys and I wouldn't have found out about those guys if not for you telling that story. Uh, Moving Uh, on.
1: Yeah. uh, After
0: Charles Schultz, I stayed in the. Stayed in the room for the I Know That Voice panel. So John DiMaggio was there, Rob yeah. Paulson, a number of people, and uh, Andrea Romano, who is a voice director. Oh, cool! Uh, she did all of Batman: The Animated Series and a number of other things. So it was interesting, uh, but it was all about like it was all about the re- the upcoming, if it hasn't already, the release of the DVD of the movie. And so I watched. Which, for, oh, the movie I Know yeah, That yeah. Voice, which so, John DiMaggio produced. Produced? Yeah, he didn't direct it; he produced it, and. Um, so that was interesting. And then as always uh, a running theme is that I left during the Q and a, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I stayed for Charles Schultz cause I wa- I was thinking of asking a question every other time I leave maybe almost immediately, uh, because I can't stand the awkwardness. Uh, so, yeah. but that was an interesting one. Then, uh, Josh and I actually went to musical anatomy of a superhero in the Indigo ballroom. Mm-hmm. And that one was interesting for a number of reasons. One, is that uh, you saw clips from various films and I saw, excuse me, I saw a clip from the upcoming Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, which I'm going to need to watch to review on uh, post-show recaps. And that movie looks like a piece of shit. Yeah, that looked bad to me. (laughs) I mean, I knew, I thought it might be bad, but you never never quite know. They, They looked like they were going for kind of a darker, grittier kind of thing. It's like, okay, we'll see how it goes. This thing, first off, the CG was so... there was so much cg that i thought why are you even acting like this takes place in our world (laughs) it was just so ridiculous and the other thing that got me is that it was called the musical anatomy of a superhero but with one exception and it's the music they played from edge of tomorrow Mm -hmm. which has great music um that i don't mean to be a jerk and if i am more musically inclined i could probably tell the difference between one score and another but i mean josh you were there the thing that I found myself talking about afterwards was just let's let's really break down superhero themes. Oh, okay. Most of them sound alike. They all sound basically <laughs> the same. That's the breakdown. But even,
1: did they talk about why they sound alike?
0: Uh, they did they not didn't come to that them. conclusion. That was my conclusion. Yeah, I see. Um. And then even uh, Tyler Bates, who is doing the music for God- Guardians of the Galaxy, we saw a clip from that. And he actually told, he actually said that James Gunn had said, "I want it to be like a rock opera in space, musically." And he said, "Awesome!" And everybody, including me, perked up and said, "That sounds great." Yeah. And the moderator rightfully said, "So is there like a lot of guitar?" And he goes, "Well, actually, we weren't able to use guitar for what, one reason or another." Well, what what is the reason? I don't remember.
2: Did do you remember what reason? He he, he made it sound like he was gonna put some in, but didn't get to it.
0: Yeah, and so, he didn't have the time. Seriously, yeah. Huh? And so, so then they play a clip. And I just think, this sounds nothing like a rock opera. Yeah. It sounds like every other, as much as I'm excited for Guardians of the Galaxy, this music could not sound less distinct. Uh, so it was something, so just watching all these clips in a row, I just thought, like, yeah, when you hit, like, it made me appreciate, like, the Avengers score. Hmm. which has a really great score. And as much as I don't like man of steel, that has good music by Hans Zimmer as well. Again, you're pointing at me. I don't because know why. You don't, cause you, <laughs> Josh, you didn't see man of steel. Uh, that's the newest one, right? Yes.
2: No, I saw okay. the one before that, which I
0: hate. Okay. Uh, David, you did see man of steel and it's a movie you don't like. And I'm okay. saying as bad as it is pointing to okay. you cause you don't like it. Nice. The music is pretty good. But, uh, and also we got to talk that one of the guys on the panel is John Ottman, who works with Brian Singer a lot. And, I forgot that he does the music and edits the film. He does oh. both, which sounds absolutely insane. That's insane. insane. So, um, okay. So, I, after that, I went to the Hannibal panel. Panable. People say Panable, <laughs> and I want to kill them.
1: And people also <laughs> refer to us as fanibles. I and that's, hate that. That is <laughs> endorsed, apparently by uh, <laughs> Brian Fuller and company the word fanable. You
2: know, we're not fucking Teen Wolf. You know that people that create something, uh, create any kind of content, the thing that they would love mo- more than anything in the world is to have a group of people that are such fans of that, of that uh, content that they want to come up with a name for themselves. So if I were the guy who created that show, I'd be thrilled that there were a group of people that were calling yeah, themselves something. I, I, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it actually I, came I'm
0: gonna, about organically when I had Toby Miley on More Than One Lesson and he said that I should call my listeners Lessners. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, how'd this one come about? Do you know how it came about? Maybe well, it came about organically. Maybe so there was a seems, podcast. That one seems yeah. pretty organic. Here, here's,
1: I'm going to disagree with you on the fanable thing. Okay. Even though I know it's silly, but um, uh, I, I guess I'm going to take issue with you saying it's not Teen Wolf because... I regret it at the minute I said it, by the <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah, because I don't think one fan community is uh, you know worth more than another because the show is a higher brow or something.
0: No, no, no. It's, I just mean that like no one would ever, no one would probably even attempt to do something like this with Sopranos or Sopranos. <laughs> it's done. Yeah. It's Ooh. done. <laughs> we should do one for yeah. everything. So that's how easy it could have been for Sopranos, but uh-huh. you never heard it. And it's, so it's not about the fans. That, that That's, that's not the issue. It just has to do with the thing itself and the, the culture around it. But I guess there's a pulpy quality to Hannibal. And so maybe, you know, yeah, I, draws... I, I'm
1: okay with it because I like. One of the things I like about Comic Con is that sense of community, and I'm okay
0: with all of us having a name. I guess so. I guess maybe it's the first time I've ever had anything like this, and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not a fanable, I'm a Christian. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm trying to think what else. I, I was a huge Lost
0: fan, but yeah. there weren't names. I've heard. Lo- uh, wait, well, I've heard Losties. But I've heard that referred to a number of different things. Yeah, like, like the, the castaways the, themselves. Yeah. and the fans.
1: Yeah, so I don't know. I don't um, like that. And there's nothing for what are Harry, po- Harry Potter f- Potter files? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just made
1: that up. <laughs> I made that up.
0: I'll stick with that. That one. one's pretty great. You're <laughs> right. you're you're you pretty good at this. The <laughs> Is
2: All there right. a Star Wars one? Yeah, I don't know. I and mean, there's Trekkies, but
0: right? Yeah. Oh well, they prefer they Trekkers. Prefer oh, just yeah, that's a bunch of –
2: but the rest of us call them Trekkies, don't we?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I okay. If I call them anything, if I'm referring to them at all. The big Star Trek convention going on right now. Is it really uh, in Las Vegas? Yeah. All uh-huh, right. Um, TrekCon. What else? Anything else? Uh, that's it for me, Josh. Josh? Now there's going to be some overlap here because you know.
2: Uh, well, I did the Children's Hospital panel, which, which I then. enjoyed. We're the done. other no, nothing else to say about <laughs> no, them. We're done. Uh, the only other thing that I would think I was at that day. I went in for I went in to go to see the Key and Peel 1 and I was early so I saw some of the stuff that was leading into that which included no actually after that was that Moonbeam City the uh Okay
1: what does that how does that look?
2: Looks like it could be funny. Um Rob Lowe is is playing kind of one of his characters from movies from the 80s. <laughs> He's like a He's like a jerk from the eighties. Uh-huh. Um, the 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 funniest thing about that whole project is that everybody looks like those. Uh, is it Peter Nagel? I forget the guy's name, but the the um, those. Paintings that are synonymous with the '80s that are always up in nail salon windows oh, and yeah, on yeah, the Duran Duran yeah, cover. I think yeah. that's the guy's like, name.
1: Yeah, it's like Duran Duran. That's right. Yeah. yeah,
2: everybody is is uh, animated that way. That's what the animation looks like. Which
1: I yeah, think I'm suddenly super excited about that. Actually, that's that's, I, that's, that's really
2: cool. a cool idea. And it's um, the one creator I am unfamiliar with, and now, of course now I forget his name because of that. But the other one is uh, Tommy Blot, Blotcher, or blocker or however you say his name of uh, um, Metalocalypse and other oh, things. Okay um so and they showed the entire of the pilot and it looked looked like it could be pretty funny, funny so i might check it out um the key and peel one i enjoyed a lot uh tom lennon was the moderator were you there for that one no okay uh i think tom Lennon's was that great. the
1: same room as children's hospital yeah, yeah no I no
2: think- No. sorry sorry it was in it was an in indigo ballroom it was oh, the same okay. room as uh moonbeam city I, see, I, see. I keep wanting to say moon age daydream as soon uh-huh. as i start to say that that's wrong <laughs> um but uh yeah, I like the Key and Peele panel a lot. They were they were funny. I was uh, Some of these, I enjoyed getting to see the directors for a lot of these things, mm-hmm. which I think is the least important person for some of the fans because they all want to see the stars. But it was interesting to see the directors for me because especially like I'd love to direct sketch comedy. I've gotten to do a little bit, but I'd like to do more of it. So I'm just like looking at that guy from Key and Peele. I'm like, I want your job. <laughs> um, but then I was a little disappointed because so many of them uh, both in the children's pan- uh, children's hospital panel and on the key and peel panel mo- mentioned, kind of vaguely because they know there are kids there. Mentioned pot being a factor in all the writing, and I was like, <laughs> that disappoints me. Like, yeah. <laughs> I want them, I want that to not be part of it.
0: I want um, you to be able to achieve this. Just compl- dead sober.
2: Yeah. Also, also because I'm not a pothead, but I enjoy all that stuff and I write sketch comedy. And I'm like, is this what all the sketch comedy writers do now? If I want to do this, I have to become a pothead. That's holding do you that. back.
0: You could have that guy's job yeah. by now if you indulged. So anyway, but that, I
2: saw that I saw something before that, but I honestly can't. Oh, it, it was for the TV show Dig. I think I saw the end of that panel, which I know nothing about.
1: There were there were stickers all over the gas lamp. Course yeah, for that, they were. That they Dig must logo. have spent
2: a lot of money to try and get the word out about that one. Yeah, um, it sounds like it could potentially be interesting. I don't even know but what's
1: about. It. I can just picture the sticker because it was on everything.
2: Yeah,
0: they, I think even
1: at our meetup, the coasters uh,
0: had that Dig logo on it. They did. Yeah, yeah. Can't picture it. I know nothing about it. <laughs>
1: But let's talk about a meetup. That was a good time, right? That was a good time. It was us. It was Ryan from Criterion Cast. It, it was, was the Warner Brothers, du- Warner Archive dudes. It was uh, the aforementioned Aaron from Out Now. Yeah. I Sean, was hanging out
2: with some folks from Nerdist.
1: Uh, yeah, Kyle from Nerdist, and I'm sure some other people. Uh, Sean from Screamcast. Kate and Sean from the Televerse. Mm-hmm. Who am I missing?
0: Well, got Josh Long from More Than One obviously. Lesson, obviously. Josh Long was there. No, don't, yeah. don't just remember that. Josh Long was there. It was pretty exciting.
1: Uh, it was a good time. Yeah, loud. It's a loud time. No, it was not as loud as past years. Occasionally, it was. It was yeah, it was not <laughs> as consistently loud. So yeah, well, the uh, Dublin Square promised us they would turn down the back speakers, and they did. But then every time the band would take a break and then go back on stage, the band would turn the fucking speakers back up. Yeah, <laughs> and so like I felt so bad for the waitress because it was like every twenty minutes we're like can you turn on the music again? And she was clearly like, not annoyed with us. She was annoyed. She even tried to talk to like the engineer. Like no. we're keeping this down for a private party. Didn't do anything. Every time the band would take the
0: stage again, no. music would go back up. Could we have just, could we have just turned those speakers off back there? It's not like it would have been, it would have dropped to total silence or anything.
1: Right. Like you're saying next year, maybe I should get up on a chair and see if I can unplug the speakers from the back.
0: <laughs> next time, just follow no, I, the I, power down. And see I, I, I mean, I, like if she's turning it down, then conceivably, you could turn it down all the way.
1: Right, but then the person still would have come oh, and turned that's it back true. up. yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, it's, it's a slider like uh, oh, like we have enough. in
0: front of us here. Boo. Yeah, um, no, uh, aside from that, uh, which did bother uh, people aside from just me, um, uh, aside from that, yes, it was really great. It's always nice getting to know uh, listeners it, and other podcasters. The thing
1: is, it's not. there's no bar we're going to find at Comic Con where there's going to be quiet. quiet. I know.
0: Might I suggest a Denny's in Chula Vista yeah you can have <laughs> that would be you're free good. to have the meet up there <laughs> next year I'll be at Dublin Square <laughs> frankly no one can show up and I'd still consider it a success <laughs>
1: um, oh I forgot to also mention uh, Angie from Slash Film that's up, true who's please. another one of my Comic Con bus
0: yeah, and Did it was my out. first, time, my first time meeting her It's so weird to me that you
1: never met Angie before you I, and
0: I don't often go to the same places uh, well, yeah we don't hang emotionally, on emotionally I, Con I mean, that much. At yeah at that's true uh,
1: cause yeah I would, yeah, An- Angie, along with Ryan from Criterion Cast and Aaron from Out Now, are like Comic Con buds.
0: Yeah, up, t- up until Josh came along, and then I had another friend named uh, Danny who was there for a couple of days. Up until they showed up, Comic Con has been a very solitary experience for me, <laughs> for the most part.
1: So, um, Okay, so that was a great time yeah. uh, on to Friday. Yes. Um, I saw the Adventure Time panel, which was so wonderful for me because okay. I'm such a huge fan. And I, uh, uh, Olivia Olsen, who plays Marceline, sang, Adventure Time fans will know what I'm talking about. You might have gotten to this point. Mm-hmm. The song about how her dad ate her fr- French fries. Yes. She sang it, and I have no shame in telling you that I totally teared up <laughs> just seeing her <laughs> sing this song. Uh, it was a very emotional experience. <laughs> um, if I had something to say against it, I'd say that the kid who voices Finn is like a 17-year-old and is kind of obnoxious like a 17-year-old right now.
2: <laughs> uh, uh, like uh, like a 17-year-old who's suddenly famous.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe he'll grow out of that, I hope. Let's but hope. um yeah, he was kind of kept uh or I don't know if he kept, but he was very adamant to plug the fact that his band was playing at the House of Blues during Comic-Con. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, anyway, but uh Don't you wish the writers would write the banter for the actors at (laughs) comic-con that would really save me a lot of some of of them a lot of trouble
1: but tom Kenny was the moderator and he he was doing ice king a lot um uh, and that was fun so and of course john DiMaggio was there uh anyway uh, after that, I, I want to burn through stuff. You and I were both at the Batman in the '80s and '90s panel, but you weren't there for very. I long I wasn't at there all, for very long. It was, I was kind of a snooze. Yeah, I
0: was sitting in a in a bad part of the room. I'll say that because other people thought it was a snooze and kept leaving. And <laughs> every time they left, it just let in like a bunch of noise. And anyway, so that was frustrating. It
1: was most. It wasn't even it, like most of the. Conversation was not even about Batman. It was about these comic book writers talking about what it was like to write comic books in the eighties and nineties. I guess, yeah, which I, which could be interesting if I
0: cared. Which I, I don't.
1: if enough people showed up for that.
0: Yeah, as opposed to talking about yeah. Batman in the eighties and nineties. The problem was I don't really even blame any of the people on the panel. Here's the situation: is that it was meant to be the way the character changed in the eighties and nineties. You had Frank Miller, you had Tim Burton, you had Alan Moore, you had any number of, and then Batman: The Animated Series. Mm-hmm. So the character that we know now a lot of that was shaped during that time that sounds interesting to me that's why i went uh, but then at the last minute one of the guys on the panel like was made into the moderator
1: right so and then he,
0: right yeah. so then he started just talking just basic industry questions yeah and just getting to know like what these guys were doing and kind of stories from the bullpen and all that kind of thing and that's again interesting, and I don't begrudge these guys that because I have no doubt that if the question, if the right questions had been asked, they all would have been able to a- answer that way. But one guy talked about how he, the Batman he was writing, he took a couple risks. Like Batman is older now, and he one day he's on patrol and he's just sitting on a building waiting for something to happen and falls asleep. Something that never would have happened. And I remember thinking like, ah, that's interesting. Why did you decide to do that? But nobody asked that question. So eventually I'm like, okay, I'm leaving. And But it sounds like in this case the, the –
1: The Q&A did actually yeah. spark things a little bit, although most of the interesting stuff was about how most of these Batman comic book writers in the 80s and 90s didn't seem to like the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, um, which I understand. But uh, the one, one guy made a really interesting uh, argument about why is that um, – Batman is supposed to be the world's greatest detective, mm-hmm. and um, Christian Bale's uh, Batman doesn't do a lot of detective work. He, yeah. In this guy's estimation, he fights crime using gadgets given to him by other people like James Bond, uh, the same way James Bond does.
0: You know, there's, uh, a, there's a solution to that. Get the Riddler involved. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's something else, someone else said, is that their favorite Batman movie is... Is Die Hard with a Vengeance because it's essentially Batman and Robin versus the Riddler. Yeah, that's, that's about right.
0: With Samuel Jackson as Robin, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: I thought that was pretty funny. But then, um, uh, after that, I stayed to watch the Wayward Pines pilot, which okay. is the A uh, and E show. The pilot is directed by M Night Shyamalan. It has a fantastic cast. Matt Dillon is your lead. Uh nice. his wife is played by Shannon Sossaman. I don't know that I'm a huge fan of her, but uh Juliet Lewis is in it, Terrence Howard, Toby Jones, Melissa Leo. I feel like I'm even leaving people out. They're such a great cast here. Hmm. Um Yeah, I'm sure I'm leaving someone out. But uh that that was um the pilot was essentially a collection of tropes you've seen before. Mm-hmm. Um Like it literally starts this like almost exactly the same way Lost does. Matt Dillon wakes up bloody in a suit in the forest and doesn't know where he where he is. It's like the exact (laughs) same opening as Lost. Um, Spoilers, and and it's full of all kinds of stuff like that. But it's all done well enough that um, uh, uh, I would be interested to see episode two at Hmm. least. Um, And one thing M Night Shyamalan was there, and one of the things he said was that. I guess he didn't say unlike Lost, but unlike Lost, the mysteries aren't going to be something that's teased out over the course of the series. You're going to find out within the first few episodes what's going on with Wayward Pines, and then there's going to be stories inspired by that. Um, So that was interesting. Uh, Then I went back to Indigo, and so you and I can overlap a little bit here because I Mm. saw the the end of – I saw the Q&A portion of the Mike Tyson Mysteries. Okay. Did they show anything of Mike Tyson history? They
2: showed a clip that was kind of like a sizzle reel. Okay. Which that's that's available online now so people can find that out okay. and uh, <laughs> that Mike Tyson panel was I think the best thing that I saw there cuz it was crazy. It was so much fun. It was it was it was just people trying to corral Mike Tyson, and he has no filter on him. That guy, yeah. like, he would just say whatever came to him that moment, yeah. whether it had anything to do with what they were talking about, yeah. whether it was politically correct.
1: Oh yeah, I think was... I, I I tweeted that topics. <laughs> some of the main topics Mike Tyson covered in the panel mm-hmm. were about messenger pigeon, pigeons because he owns about a thousand pigeons. Right, two thousand. He, he said, oh, and he
2: he made a point about how sometimes hawks get him.
1: Yeah, he, <laughs> talked, he talked about messenger pigeons. <laughs> yeah. He talked a little bit about the history of boxing. Yeah, he did. And he also was very emphatic about the fact. That Chinese people are not the same as Korean people. <laughs> right. This is, a, this is a very big deal. Which
2: came up because he made that mistake.
1: He, ref- I guess, the Mike <laughs> Tyson character in the show has an adopted Korean daughter. And right. He referred to her as his adopted Chinese daughter. Was corrected by the actress. <laughs> right. And he was like, "Oh, like they're <laughs> not the same."
2: <laughs> he wasn't. The funny part was like he was. It wasn't even that he was corrected by that or, or by her. Earlier in the panel, without any frame of reference for anybody in the room. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, moderator, Rob Corddry asks him, like, you've done a lot of things in, in your life. Like what, uh, I think he was just trying to say, like, you've had an amazing life. Like a lot of different things have happened to you, which Mike t- then which that Mike Tyson said well I've never adopted a Chinese baby and we don't know what he's talking about like it seems like but
1: apparently that's a reference to the show right but you didn't know that at the time exactly Tyson. and
2: then when she later on says oh I play a, I play a, a Korean baby that's left on his doorstep he Mike Tyson butts in to say oh I thought she was Chinese
1: the, I want to make very clear right and Rob, not the
2: same Rob Corddry said sarcastically same thing making a joke mm-hmm. and I'm not sure that Mike Tyson knew he was making a joke and he said no they are not and then <laughs> was very very emphatic and making sure everyone understood that they were not.
1: Uh, my other favorite thing, uh, Tyler, you will
0: love and hate this. Oh, all right. Um, because, I'll try to focus on the positive.
1: Well, <laughs> here's the thing. I, again, I tweeted about this, too. When someone who's one of the people asking the question makes a joke and it works and the panel and the audience laughs, mm-hmm. it's uh-huh. like... Great, that was funny. I'm terrified of how many people are now going to be inspired to try and joke around. So <laughs> I'm J. Mike Tyson, but there was a guy who stepped up and he was like, "Mr. Tyson, I've been a lifelong fan." And Mike Tyson was like, "You're about 12 fucking years old. How long? <laughs> like, what does that mean? Like a lifelong fan?" And so they like joked about that. Like, and it, well,
2: it's a guy who was probably late 20s, I would guess. Yeah,
1: I would. Yeah, 20 something. Uh, and so they, they joke about that for a while, and it comes back to him, and he goes uh thank you i'm actually 13 uh and everyone laughed, and it got a huge including rob cordry yeah 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 and uh and it was very funny but i also was like oh that's he might have spawned a generation of obnoxious question (laughs) askers with that one with that one thing that clip
2: is online i think i found it i've been trying to find clips of mike tyson saying some of the things (laughs) that he said because they were fantastic um and i haven't been able to find a lot but that that is one of the clips that's available online
1: okay uh after that was robot chicken which i don't watch um Uh, for a reason (laughs) because i don't like it uh are you a robot chicken fan uh
2: i liked some of the stuff that they did in the first season but i uh, i don't know i don't really watch it i don't really watch it now i I think it's become derivative it's kind of a lot of it's so many nostalgia jokes Mm -hmm. and it's so many uh poop and masturbation jokes that i'm like uh, that only that doesn't go very far for me
1: yeah that's the worst yeah um yeah, and they, they showed a whole, I guess, episode or like a special
2: they yeah, did. Yeah, um, which that special is up on uh, Adult Swim now. I think you can okay. watch the whole thing. It's
1: called the – I guess the, the character's name is Bitch Pudding. Yeah. And it's the Bitch Pudding special or something like
2: that. The, see, the, this is – well, I don't want to go too much into it, but the, that's one of the things about Robot Chicken. Like, I think it's kind of a funny idea that in the strawberry shortcake world, they created a character called Bitch Pudding who's just <laughs> terrible. Like, that's funny. Right. But then the execution is just like, what are we just going to see her being mean for, for eleven minutes? Yeah, yeah, it's it's.
1: But they get crazy voice like because within the bitch pudding strawberry shortcake thing they did a Smurfs parody and yeah. they had Billy Bob Thornton as yeah. the like essential essential essentially the Papa Smurf. Uh, yeah, and there's all kinds of voices like that.
2: That actually that was a and A that was kind of interesting. I think they had some they had some interesting uh, uh, responses about. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of love that uh, that. Uh, uh Breckenmeyer called out Jennifer Love Hewitt for saying that she I, wanted to be on the show and then and then returns him down every time.
1: Yeah, that is funny actually. Uh yeah. He was like, Yeah, three times she said she wanted to be on the show, three times she turned us down. And she's like, We did two talking cat movies together, and now yeah. officially saying you're not allowed to be on the show.
2: Yeah. He said, I don't want to say any names, but uh like let, let's call her Benefer Glove fluid or something right. like that.
1: Yeah. Um that was kind of funny. But mostly I didn't like that panel because I don't think I think Seth Green and, and Meyer are people who can definitely be funny as actors when they're given a funny script, mm-hmm. but I don't think they're extemporaneously funny the way that Rob Corddry is. Uh, and so I found it kind of awkward. Yeah. Um, Okay, after that was Bob's Burgers, which is a show I don't watch regularly, but was a blast
2: of a panel. I, um, I liked that a lot. I thought I was telling somebody afterwards, Kristen Shaw was great on that panel, which I didn't expect because I know a lot of her stand-up comedy, comedy can be a little bit alienating. Like that whole right. Kristen Shaw is a horse thing, if you've ever seen or heard any of that. It's uh, like 15 minutes of them singing the same song while she uh-huh. does a dance. Um, so it's, it's one of those things that it's, it's, it's weird comedy. Like people, some people like it, but some people hate it. Yeah.
1: I've liked a lot of her stuff.
2: I kind of expected it to be that sort of thing. And she was so like... In tune with the audience, she knew what they wanted to hear. She yeah. could organically, like she organically got people to do the voices of the characters yeah. without making it obvious. That guy came up with his ukulele, and she was like, "Well, he wants to play the ukulele. Let's hear it!" And everybody cheered. Like yeah. she made those things fun. That's but I also, a,
1: like that there are twice when John Roberts said to some when someone asked a question, asked a good question, where he'd be like, "You're coming to dinner with us?" <laughs> I was like, "No." no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: like, and then I love, I love that the polar opposite. Uh John Benjamin just doesn't care about anything when the little girl yeah. came up 9 year old girl came up to ask a question everyone's going ah and then they
1: applaud when she's done right
2: and he goes kids get credit for doing nothing yeah, he's she like fumbled she fumbled that. her way through that <laughs>
1: Uh, and then did you stay for Archer?
2: I did stay for Archer as well.
1: I was really happy with that because I didn't know, I guess if I had read the thing, I would have realized they're showing the first episode of season six, even though it doesn't premiere until January.
2: And I didn't know that either. And I enjoyed that a lot. Although I'm a whole season and like four episodes behind. So I haven't seen the whole Archer Vice thing, which apparently people don't like that much. I
1: didn't like that much at all, actually. But, um, I really like this. This is definitely a return for to, yeah.
2: to form, like does the spy stuff. I mean, they're like
1: constantly making jokes about how right. everything is the same. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, there were some a lot of good jokes. But you know, the first episode of Archer Vice was good too. So I don't know if it'll stay mm. that way. Um, I'm trying to think if there are any spoilers. Uh, for there, someone who hasn't seen season five. There were for me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, I guess uh, we don't want to say on the yeah. End.
2: Um, <laughs> It, but, it, that's not a sort of show where I care a whole lot about spoilers. I do try and watch them in in order, but... Uh, yeah. Um, it, earlier in the day, too, I will say, I think you were gone for it, but I was there for the Rick and Morty panel oh, because I'm a, a huge fan of that show. I've heard I, it's great. I think that's... We were talking earlier about the funniest shows on TV. That For it's me, that's yeah. one of the funniest shows on TV um, right now. They had... Uh, Dan Harmon was there and Justin... I think I think Royland is how you say his name. Okay. Um, who were the two creators of the show, and they were... They were awesome. They were funny. Um, Both of them came dressed as characters from the show, which I thought was a lot of fun. Um, And uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the next next season of that one. They didn't have any kind of clips or anything like that. So it Mm. was, you know, if you were... Hoping for something like that, it might have been disappointing, but uh, I, I enjoyed hearing them talk. Justin Rowland kept trying to play some rap song that he's apparently now a fan of. Like uh-huh. He kept trying to play it on the mic, and Dan Harmon kept smacking his hand down because he was like, you can't play that, we're going to get in trouble. <laughs>
1: um, all right, uh, Archer, I'm trying to think who else was there. Uh, Aisha Tyler. Most who, of the cast was there. Yeah, not Jessica Walter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, pretty much everyone else, Amber Nash, Judy Greer, Chris Parnell. Uh, Lucky Yates, Lucky
2: Yates, yeah. Um, who now has a? He's now credited in the in the. Uh, that,
1: that, yeah, I think that that's, was a cool thing. that was true in Archer. I think. Oh, was last it? Okay. season was when the first one that he was uh, in the opening credits. Um, but uh, Aisha Tyler, I we're avoiding spoilers. But Aisha Tyler, I love Aisha Tyler, but she clearly misunderstood what happened at the end of Lost because she made some comments <laughs> about the end of Lost that were just. Like, I'm okay with people not liking The End of Lost, but if they don't understand what happened, then they don't have a leg to stand on. So I'm sorry, Aisha Tyler. You missed it. You probably need to go back and watch that again. Um, anyway, uh, anything else on Thursday, on Friday for, for you?
2: Um, Is that when we did the – is that when we were all at the um – the Shot Factory panel. There was that. That
1: was the end of the day Friday, yeah. When we should yeah. end with that, if you have anything else. Did you see any panels on Friday?
0: Yeah, I That's went when you a, were in Hall H. Yeah. You walked right in. Yes, that's true. Um, yeah, I was walking around with my with my friend uh, Danny, and uh, we thought, oh, let's try Indigo Ballroom. And then it's like, this is a long line, we're not doing that. So we were just going to walk back into the convention center, and happened to, to walk by a bunch of empty tents, uh, uh-huh. which is where the line is for Hall H. And I remember thinking, like, that's odd. I mean, are they done for the day? So I pulled up the schedule and was like, "No, there's a big thing coming up." Uh 20th Century Fox. That doesn't sound bad. So I asked one of the people, I said, "Is what's going on here?" Uh-huh. I was re- I was really confused. Surely this couldn't this couldn't be. It couldn't be. And she said there's no line right now. I said, okay, okay. what? <laughs> and so uh, we just w- walked right in. And, uh, or waltzed. We waltzed in, yes. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, they're a few minutes into the uh, Maze Runner panel, which, of course, you and I saw a panel about that uh, at WonderCon. Right. And, um, were you there th- when D- Dylan O'Brien dropped a huge spoiler by accident? Apparently, I was in the bathroom during that. Okay. Uh,
1: oh, yeah, I didn't mention that Lois Lowry, during the Giver panel, like almost literally the first thing out of her mouth would be considered uh by people who care too much about spoilers a big spoiler and it's kind of <laughs> that was like my, my favorite thing i thought that was very funny hmm. uh because it's the kind of spoiler that like i guess if you don't know the story you might think like wow did she just give away the ending but it's not like that's she gave away something about the ending but hardly any of it and that's it just p- points to like it's a bummer to some extent when things get spoiled for you, but it doesn't... Like, spoil is the wrong word. Like, it doesn't ruin a thing to have it spoiled for you.
0: Yeah. Right? I agree.
2: Okay. I, mm, just okay. I'm a little bit more on the other side of the fence. Mainly because that's something that you can never get back. You can never know that... Spoilers, Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. Yeah. Like, going into something and not knowing something about it is you can is something you can never get back.
0: So I, that, I, I that makes
2: said, me a little but, uncomfortable about it.
0: But,
1: to, to like...
2: Like what you just said about what she said makes me think I want to make sure that I don't see anything about okay. that panel because I don't want to know what thing it is about the ending.
1: Um, And I guess my uh, my point of view is if I remain unspoiled on most things, then I'm okay with it. If I were constantly walking around with like, everything I watched, I knew something about the ending, yeah, that would be really frustrating. But if one or two things get spoiled, I'm going to see a lot of movies and watch a lot of TV in my life. I'm okay with... uh. Are experiencing a, a, a couple of them having been spoiled
0: and also it's just for myself when it comes also i think people use the term spoiler too much because what they literally mean is like oh this is just more stuff that happens darth vader being luke skywalker's father is a twist that is a giant plot development and it's literally the world of star wars is one way before you hear it, and it's another way after. My, just like Psycho, just like any, any of right. these other things. Whereas
1: My, Guardians of the Galaxy, there's, uh, I guess, in the interest of people who are really watching out for spoilers, who haven't seen it by the time, even though this goes up after the weekend when you could have well, seen it. Well, he's
2: going to say it tonight, so right. be careful, theoretically.
1: But, but that's what, <laughs> um, what I'm saying is uh, there's a person who has a brief vocal cameo voicing, mm. like uh, I guess, some alien or something. Okay and to me like knowing that that person ha- heard person's voices in the movie is nowhere near a spoiler that doesn't mean anything yeah. mm. um I mean, it's not like, if you go, like, the Zombieland thing is that, meant to be a surprise. Yeah. But this one is a different thing. It's just, yeah. like, for nerds, it's like, oh, that person's
0: voice.
2: That yeah. doesn't bother me as much as, like, a plot thing. Right. Or, or something, like like you said, the Zombie Land thing, which is supposed to be a, right. that's supposed to be a gag that surprises you.
0: And I think, for me, it's this, it's that idea also of, you know, a lot of the things that we're talking about. Is that thing really – I guess there's such a thing as spoiling the surprise, but there's a big difference between spoiling the surprise and spoiling the film. Like the way things are revealed isn't necessarily the same as the fact of the reveal or what is being revealed.
2: But at the same time, the filmmaker is making – is is creating this work of art – under the assumption that you're not going to know these things beforehand that's why i think even trailers can hurt a movie sometimes because the yeah. the filmmaker's not assuming that you know that after the first 10 minutes of a movie maybe it takes a takes another turn and now the movie's about something different right. and the the film is created with that in mind like it feels like something's happening yeah. but now it takes a turn if, you, if, you've, if you've seen the trailer then that 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 thing that the filmmaker worked into it it can no longer have any effect.
1: If you've if you've never gotten to watch From Dusk Till Dawn with someone who doesn't know yeah. that there are vampires in it halfway through, yeah. it's a. I I got to do it once in high school yeah. to this girl I was hanging out with, like had no idea, and I was like, let's rent this. And for forty minutes, she thought like, here's another Tarantino-y, uh yeah, like. Um, <laughs> Crime story, and yeah. then all of a sudden, some Hayek turns into a fucking vampire. Holy.
2: Yeah, uh, when I was when I was watching awesome. uh, the Office with my wife, the British Office, we got to the end of series two, which ends on a big downer. Yeah, and she just looked at me, and I was like, "That's it." I didn't tell her that the uh, the right. Christmas special, which is re- like your conclusion for the series, I didn't tell her that that existed for a good like hour, and she was really upset. <laughs> and then I was like, "Actually, there's more." <laughs> Another good spoiler story. (laughs) You're
1: still married.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Another good spoiler story is speaking of Star Wars. My my dad tells the story and and it cracks me up that uh, when Empire Strikes Back came out some friends of theirs had seen it and they were like, Oh, you got to go see it. It's great. And my dad was like, well, just don't tell me anything about it. Cause I really want to see it. And she's like, well, this won't, this woman says this won't give anything away, but Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's
0: <laughs> father. It's like the biggest spoiler in film history.
2: And she's like, this won't give anything away. Don't yeah. worry about it.
0: Uh, yeah. Once, one time I, uh, was just an asshole to a friend and just totally spoiled six cents. Um, and just, uh, wh- I was working at blockbuster And so this girl that's part of like the theater department, she comes up and we we were talking. And so and we had kind of a vaguely flirty type of relationship where we just kind of take these little verbal jabs at each other. And then so I was going through my usual spiel. I'm like, okay, so this is a one day rental. So it'll be due back tomorrow. And Bruce Willis is dead the whole time. And (laughs)
1: and
0: and it took her a minute to realize what I had just said. Uh, And so she goes, she goes, okay wait a second <laughs> and i just started laughing and laughing because i'm a terrible person anyway i remember age- one time i accidentally spoiled
1: the end of taking lives do you remember that movie uh, <laughs> with anthony yes. and ethan hawk
0: right yes. i forgot it was ethan hawk but sure i think it's ethan hawk okay
1: i was on the phone with someone who had seen it talking about the movie mm-hmm. not realizing my friend was listening like in full oh. earshot. but uh at the time i felt bad Ten years later, turns out it was just taking
0: lives. No yeah. one cares. No one <laughs> remembers it. No one cares. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna try and uh, speed through the uh, the Hall H thing. Unfortunately, there's a lot to a lot to cover. So Maze Runner uh, that we did show a clip. Okay, who's actually? We? What? What you, did I say? You said we did show a clip. We did show. You well, work, we work Tyler is the executive producer now? of Maze oh. Runner. I did feel like heard? I sh- I feel like I've said that already, right? <laughs> I produced the Maze Runner. Um, so uh, actually, before I get to that, I'll I'll speak to the thing in general. Um, so okay, Hall H is like the f- this is like the first time I really I got a little bit at WonderCon because of the same moderator Ralph something or other okay. Machio Ralph Machio that's him that's what he does now. Uh, he oh I didn't
1: say the DreamWorks thing was moderated by Craig Ferguson, which uh, oh that's cool sign off A plus Craig oh, Ferguson course. should also always moderate panels now awesome.
0: So, I think this might have been my first instance of a really, like, hitting hard, selling you this film, whether you want it or not. Like, it's the this is the first time I really got that on a huge scale. And I had what can only be described as a physical response to it. Like, I felt, like, not nauseous, or nauseated, pardon me, but just, like... I, it just it it was just like a like in the pit of my stomach I just felt bad listening to this because it's one thing you know it it's stuff but you like, didn't get this at WonderCon I didn't get it at WonderCon because they only showed a trailer and then there was basic Q and A here's the difference and I'll bring it up with some of the other movies as well here's the difference is. Because, you know, in Maze Runner, there's, you know, they're running around in this, they're running in this maze, it would appear. <laughs> it's not just a uh, clever name. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh,
2: Sounds very exciting.
0: And then there are these big creatures called the Grievers. G- called Grievers. Right. Mm. Okay. And we're, and we're going to, they're going to show us a clip with the Grievers. All right, fine. I don't care. But sure. I like creatures. But to people who have read
1: the books, the idea of, like I've had these Grievers pictured in my mind for years now. What's it going to look like? Absolutely. That's exciting, right? That
0: is exciting. Here's how the panel, uh, the the moderator, did. he goes, "What do you think, guys? Are you ready to meet the Grievers?" <laughs> so it's a corny moderator. I'm still not. Uh... It's, but it it just I don't know. And then and then the, <laughs> and then I really liked that scene in Return of the King where the big spider is going after Frodo. Anyway, so. Uh, that's my that's Fredo? my comment. What was that? What if, what if Fredo? Oh, he was wouldn't in have been Lord able the the last. Movies. He would have. Oh. He would have immediately. Gandalf would have said, "Here, take the ring. Is it safe? Uh, it's on my finger now, yeah. and I'm gonna, I'm gonna take over the world. He's just gonna go use it to get prostitutes and all kinds <laughs> of stuff like that. Two oh, at a time. That's a mashup. That's gotta happen, Fredo. So broke my heart. So there's a. Uh, so it. Just, but in, and it popped up in in other areas as well. But it's just like they're like, "Well, what do you think?" and it's just like trying to like manufacture excitement for it. See, that sounds like you had a bad moderator. Maybe, uh, maybe, but Craig Ferguson wasn't
1: Here's what Craig Ferguson was doing. Cuz Dreamworks animation panel was just like an hour and a half of Dreamworks animation, that's all that was announced. Mm-hmm. And so everything was supposed to be kind of spontaneous and he kept joking about how like specifically choreographed, it all was. Yeah. And then he kept checking, He's like, "According to my card here, the next spontaneous thing that's going to happen is John Malkovich <laughs> is going to come out." Uh, see, that so sounds... a good.
0: Moderator makes all the difference. That's true, and I think you had a good moderator because I'll get to the Hall H Warner TV thing later. Okay. Um, but so... what about uh, what about Fox? We uh, have more yeah, about yeah. Maze Runner. Uh, no, uh, that one. That one's fine. Moving on. Uh, the you bo- guys ready to meet the Fox panel? Uh, oh. <laughs> t- you see. Now, it, it's fun to do. Let's hear some noise. That's one of my least favorite things at porting events, by the way, <laughs> makes some noise. It's like, just,
2: uh, just any just, noise. What I do is I just scream yeah. as I'm being attacked. <laughs>
0: ah! Like Howard Dean. So, <laughs> <laughs> so okay. Uh, we saw the panel for Book of Life, which made it, might have been my favorite part of Comic-Con this year. It was uh, produced by Guillermo del Toro. Okay. Uh, directed by a guy whose name I wish I remembered. I believe his last name is Gutierrez. But, um... And it features a number of actors. But the design of it is inspired by, like, the artwork for Day of the Dead. You know, the the Mexican – it is specifically Mexican, right? Or is it just Spanish? Yeah, there's
2: a specific – I was actually just researching this recently, which is weird. But uh, there's a specific, like, cartoonist that drew some kind of uh, uh, cartoon – this is like a while ago in Mexico that was supposed to represent a – uh, like Aztec god of mm-hmm. the underworld, that now has become the face of the Day of the Dead. So mm-hmm. it's that that picture that you see of like kind of the skull. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's where that comes from. Okay. Uh, well, uh, so, Jorge
0: Gutierrez. Jorge, okay. And uh, and it was just and it looked. I'll say this: the script looks like it's just kind of whatever. Who cares? But it looks so beautiful. I mean, it looks very. Uh, it looks unique. I feel like a lot of animated films look. The same yeah. these days. This I, one looked great.
2: I think that's, that's cool. That makes me want to see it. From, from just you tell me about it, it yeah. sounded interesting.
0: Um, and it just looks like it's really full of life. And then there's, and they incorporate songs into it, like modern day songs, and it's very strange, like a character singing creep to somebody. So I'm not sure if I like that. But then there comes a moment where there's just this slight say You're so fucking special? He does, but he, ad- he actually adds a few. <laughs> um, fuck you're so fucking special. <laughs> so fucking fuck <Motherfucker>. damn special. <laughs> um so uh but then there's as far as I can tell, the Bismarck song, uh, uh, uh Sorry, I'm I'm blanking. Is it called um, You Got What I Need? I think that's what it, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That song, from what I can tell, it's in the film for about, I don't know, ten seconds. It's like a joke. Uh-huh. <laughs> They bring Bismarcky out to sing the song at the panel, and we're all singing along. <laughs> it's a weird communal experience. It it's sounds a like. very strange experience, and it that's sounds one, delightful. And though. that's where the hall H thing. Yes, I was super far back. I was basically looking at everything on the screen. Yeah, but. I was there hearing the people around me singing, and yeah, I was probably singing myself. Were you? Uh, yeah. Good for you. And just, I and don't know that I just... would have
1: had the. I think I'm too self conscious about my singing voice.
0: He can yeah. sing, though. He's got a good singing voice. Thank you. That's very nice of you. I, I can't really replicate the tones of Bismarck but. <laughs> well, not, not a whole lot of people can. Yeah. Uh, uh, no yeah. Look. <laughs> I knew Bismarck Key. Even he it. can't, by the way. Either he was playing it up or drunk, but he just. Like, you know, there's a there's a, a basic structure to how that song is sung. And he would just like, he goes, oh, baby, you. Like, that's, so he goes, oh, baby, you. It's just like, it's like you know, the music is going now. you, And it's not going to stop for you. So it was just delightful. Anyway, so I really liked that. And then there was a... Uh, a panel for hitman agent 47 who gives a shit except the except the moderator apparently who couldn't look more forward to this film and just who and was the moderator anyone you... it's it, for the first three it was this guy ralph something garman yeah. no, ralph
1: garman yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah i remember him
0: and yeah. so no offense to him I, he's just doing his job it's fine but That's like it's of just offense. yeah i guess i've been kind of mean <laughs> but um but like he asks Uh, Zachary Quinto was there and he asked him like he goes you know you've done a lot of science fiction kind of stuff you're kind of known for it he says so what what drew you to a a character like this now I recognize you said your bullshit meter goes off Uh any answer except money is incorrect
2: (laughs) oh yeah that's
1: uh, during the Teen Wolf panel someone said like what you know what attracted you to well, why did you choose these roles and I wanted to be like these people were nobodies before the show <laughs> yes. they chose the roles because they were fucking offered to them yeah. you know they, like, they didn't it's, it's not, not like they were balancing yeah, they, they they were
2: looking, 20 scripts on the one hand I've got Martin Scorsese directing Twelfth Night on the other hand I've got Teen Wolf <laughs> yeah. I really love that movie I'm yeah. gonna go Teen Wolf But I
0: yeah, I, I do like the, the consistency of television work right. that's what I want <laughs> yeah absolutely and, and so now Zachary Quinto that's the thing is, he could. He probably does have it projects to choose from, but he probably got paid a fair amount for Hitman, for Hitman Agent Forty Seven. But of course, just now, is this some of the some of the hardest acting actors ever have to do is in publicity.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Can I ask a uh, stupid question? I don't actually care. Is this a reboot of the Hitman franchise, or, it or appear, does this serve it appears a, to be? A, so this is not a sequel to the Tim the one right. from Oh Eight. I don't something know. Like I, f- I feel writer.
2: like we're going too fast as a culture. Didn't that that I feel like that <laughs> game came out. The maybe the first one came out like eight years ago, and now there's a reboot of the movie franchise. It's hard
0: to say if it's a reboot because it's not like it's the same character. It's like a different Hitman. It's in fact, but he's Agent still forty-seven. Bald. But he's still bald. Still got the barcode, the whole deal. So like it's, part- it's, it's like It's like part Agent of a program one. or something.
1: Okay. Yeah. Is that right? Uh-huh. And then there's been forty-five more.
0: Sure. And now. We Here we are, Agent 46. 47. Okay. The way I see it, we missed out on 45 sequels. But <laughs>
1: um, well, there are probably universes in which those exist.
0: Oh, my. Yes. Um, <laughs> They're the worst ones. <laughs> there's a parallel universe where all 44, oh, all 45. 45. But, not the, but not the first one, you know, that, that <laughs> making no. it truly hell. Because right. then you, you don't have any context. <laughs> so, Who is uh, this man? So then, then we <laughs> – I enjoy that word. Thank you. Um, so then Ralph Garman walks away. And they bring in a, God. They bring in a new and worse <laughs> oh, moderator. No. Com- the devil you know. Com- <laughs> I really appreciate what you're doing right now. This color commentary is really great. Um, they bring in noted idiot Mark Miller, who wrote Kick-Ass.
1: Okay. I don't know anything about this guy.
0: Apparently, he's a noted idiot. Yeah, I should, I should be should. Now, I don't know how mind. many people note that. I do. Um and so he was talking about Kingsman, the Secret Service, which we also saw in WonderCom, But we saw it more of it. was just called Secret
1: Service, yeah, by yeah, the way. <laughs> yeah.
0: So we're, but we saw more of it this time. And just the way that he introduced... And by the way, in preparation for what I'm about to say right now, I had Kick-Ass 2 on while I was working yesterday. And aside from an amazing performance by Jim Carrey... Okay. That movie's nothing. That movie is just, <laughs> a, just a... Mike Schmidt would say a swing and a miss. Uh-huh. Um, so, okay. Kingsman, the Secret Service... Uh, Mark Miller literally, he says, he goes, you know, he goes, and he's got a Scottish accent, which I won't replicate because it'll just turn Irish. Uh, And he just says, you know, those, those spy movies, those old spy movies where they had all those gizmos and gadgets and they got all the, they were quick with a quip and they got the women and they drove these awesome cars and just, you know, he goes, don't you just miss those days? He goes, these days, James Bond kills somebody and he cries in the shower and everybody laughs. And I just like, I remember thinking. Oh, so substance is what you object to. You have a problem with any kind of emotional resonance. Okay, I got it. And he says, so this is, Kingsman is kind of our love letter to those, those, those early things. I'm like, oh, all right, well, I guess I should leave. Um, but Colin Firth is in it, and so we saw. And he was there? He was there. That's good. And he's dapper and gentlemanly and wonderful as always. Uh, From the king's speech to the king's man. Absolutely.
1: He did something in between.
0: Did he? Not that I can think of. I don't think so. No, he did that uh, Devil's Knot, which he's pretty good at, actually. But uh, anyway, so so we saw this clip, and it's got some neat action in it. And uh, it, But it's it's like when you were a kid and you learned a, a curse word, and you would just try and use it whenever you could. Yeah, yeah. And you have no concept for when it actually works. Uh-huh. That is how Kingsman, the Secret Service, is, as far as I can tell, with awesome violence. Uh-huh. It, for example, uh, when we have we have a character who's like a member of the Kingsman Secret Service mm-hmm. group, uh, so a guy that we're rooting for, he comes in and very efficiently just takes out a room full of thugs. And it's like, oh, kick, that, that's pretty kick-ass. I like it. Mm-hmm. Kick-ass, quite literally. Yeah. And um, It's pretty Kingsman. Yeah. <laughs> and so... Yeah. He uh, and then there's this moment where like he's standing there looking cool. And we're we are on this man's side. We like this person. (laughs) And then like you hear this like and you see this flash of silver and you see the guy standing there looking confused. And then you see him just start to like slide. And he's been cut in half vertically. And uh, and so he he drops in half and everyone in the auditorium is like, whoa, and I was like, this is a guy we're on board with. Why are you making his death high five awesome like we're so- and that could just be
1: context though or lack of context seeing as you're just seeing clips right um
0: maybe but there, I, I didn't give full context for the scene either okay um this okay. guy is rescuing somebody we're on board we're on board with this person played by Mark Hamill uh, doing a British accent and sounding a lot like the Joker from Batman the animated series but anyway <laughs> um, so we are definitely on board with this guy and then the villain played oh by Samuel Jackson with a pretty obvious gay lisp weird really it's very weird that is a choice but That would be surprising had I not heard everything Mark Miller just said and seen everything I had just seen. Mm -hmm. And then there is another moment where uh, you see Colin Firth beat the hell out of these frat boys. And it's it's just like such pandering bullshit. And it just looks so terrible. And now that I've seen Kick-Ass, which I didn't mind, and Kick-Ass 2, which I don't like, and now, admittedly, only clips from this, and we'll see how the film itself turns out, I'm of the opinion, and based on what a few of my comic book reading friends have said about Mark Miller's work, uh, I think he's an idiot. Okay. I'm (laughs) A successful one and good for him, but I think he's an idiot. I'll sign off. I haven't seen any of those things, but I'm okay with him being an idiot. So that's what I saw. In All Hall right. H. That was your Hall H exposure. Most of them negative experiences, but I tell you, that Book of Life thing, the panel and the film itself look very exciting to me.
1: Okay, well, let's end up real quickly with the Shout Factory. Um, the main thing uh, that was exciting there was the Scream Factory announcements, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, And, the, Factory fact, did and show the fact some... that
0: our friend Kyle moderated. Yes.
1: Um, I mean, the Scream Factory, or the Shout Factory, um, I don't know, I'm trying to think if they made any new big announcements. They did... Show some of the a lot of the work they've done in the Pee Wee's Playhouse mm-hmm. uh, box set, which is going to be really cool. But the announcements came from the Scream Factory side, the horror side. Yeah. they made ten announcements. I'm going to tell you what they are. Uh, they've got the Dark Half, got Monkey Shines, uh, aka Monkey Shines and Experiment in Fear, in Fear, or is it Terror? I can't remember. Uh, I've never actually seen the movie <laughs> uh, Candyman, Farewells of the Flesh, mm-hmm. also known as Candyman Two, uh, Scarecrows. The 1989 Phantom of the Opera with Robert Englund. It's terrible. I've never seen it. Uh, New Year's Evil, Invaders from Mars, and then Collector's Editions of Dolls, Mad Max, and Escape from New York.
0: Yeah, I'm excited about Escape from New York.
2: I've never seen Escape from New York. Oh, There's nowhere really that I good. can see it right now, and I really want to. It's but pretty great. I think besides like changing my Netflix thing so that I can get the DVDs in the mail, or driving across town to go to Cinefamily or, or not Cinefamil, Cinephile or something. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I don't. I can't watch it right now
1: that's weird that it's not available anywhere
2: no you think escape from la is wait is that what the other one's called yeah is yeah. LA? yeah yeah the
0: bad that one. is yeah um yeah and that was and that was interesting and and they are releasing a full box set of the halloween series which is kind of exciting oh yeah um so yeah and that was and that was a lot of fun as well i talked to some of the shout factory guys afterwards and awesome. uh, and they were very nice uh so after that, Josh and I went and saw Worst Cartoons Ever, which that is a always <laughs> a lot of fun. And as I've said about some movies, but it maybe even doubly so with cartoons because there's so much involved in it, how, no, how these things get produced and no one, no one stops to say, hey, wait a minute, fellas <laughs> – what are we doing? I feel like there's one guy in charge who's watching it after and it's done and is just
2: covering his face and is like, it's, it's just too late. There's nothing I can do at this yeah. point. And then, and then it goes out and he's like, and
0: then he quietly in his office job. draws a gun, <laughs> camera pans to the wall, and, and, then, and then there's a blood splatter. I was responsible for <laughs> and what, what a was, note that simply says forgive me. <laughs> Captain what was that one? What was the Oh my gosh, Captain Fathom? Captain Fathom. Oh no, my yeah.
1: gosh. What, I heard about the Space Diggers?
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty rough. They're all they're all pretty bad, but I'll tell you that that Captain Fathom is the one that I think you and I decided was the worst one. But um okay. Uh let's move on to Saturday. Okay,
1: uh, uh let me get my crap out of the way oh i'm sorry um, uh, just your
0: saturday stuff yeah okay. um
1: i went to the production designers uh, guild panel which was fun oh, and that then sounds the, neat. the costume designers guild which i thought would be the less interesting to me mm-hmm. uh but was actually the more interesting and i'll tell you why it all comes down to the moderator and uh i don't know if you guys know the actor j august richards who played gun on angel mm-hmm. um but you haven't watched angel he plays Deathlock on agents of shield um mm-hmm. Uh, I know I, that
0: character, but I haven't seen that.
1: He was the moderator, and he was delightful. There was one one of the costume designers, Jagger Richards, was specifically picking on how bad he is at Twitter. Like he'd ask questions of other people and be like, "And you, on February twelfth, you tweeted a thing where you, at, you replied to yourself within your own tweet. You Interesting yourself. So that was that was fun. And then, um, uh, did I go straight? I guess I went straight from that to the. Uh, Twin Peaks thing which we'll talk about in a bit yep. mm-hmm. uh, and then I saw the Constantine pilot eesh that was oh, yeah. really bad mm-hmm. um, I really wanted it to be good
2: they were uh, hyping that one hardcore Yeah, and I
1: had heard from people who went to the screenings on preview night such as our friend Rudy Obias that the Constantine pilot was not good I should have taken his word and found something anything else to go to because uh, it was just really really bad and I don't think it'll, it'll last too long um, but that's that's basically my Saturday. Okay. And we'll talk about the Twin Peaks thing in a second. Josh, I think you're up next.
2: I actually did not do a whole lot Saturday, but I, I maybe should take this time then to mention that I saw some stuff at Nerd HQ, which is oh, over at uh, Petco, which yeah. was cool. They, they've got a lot going on there. I was surprised yeah. how much is going on there. And uh, I had heard of it actually because I know some of the people that run it. Oh. But uh, I know. But uh, you you might not know it was there if you wouldn't weren't looking for it. It's over in Petco Park there, and anybody who's going there next year, check it out. They've got a ton of stuff going on. They have a ton of panels. They had a lot yeah. of people there,
1: and people think like so the the panels you pay for and those you do kind of pay sell out. Like, they sell out pretty quick. The, They're not
2: super but, expensive. They're like twenty two yeah. bucks, I think. And
1: it goes the, all the panels go to charity, right? Uh, all that, but um. Y- you can like you don't have to pay to get it in
2: our hq no you don't have to have a badge either you can go yeah. in there yeah just off the street and um it one of the cool things about it is the the q a's seem to work a little bit differently than they do in most of comic-con which is uh in most of the rest of the stuff you, you hear a lot of the same questions and mm-hmm. it's a lot of the same type of thing like you said most people are kind of selling something and mm-hmm. so they want to talk about that um the Nerd HQ ones felt a lot more like you. You could just ask them whatever you wanted to. So yeah. people were asked. I went to one panel there, and for uh, Intruders, which I guess is a BBC America show, which looks kind of interesting. I couldn't tell too much about it, but um, one of the actors in it apparently was a big part on Doctor Who. I have I have no knowledge of Doctor Who, so I don't know who he was, but. Uh, he uh, people were asking him questions about that, or people were asking. Uh, mira Sorvino was there; they were asking her uh-huh. questions about like her influences and in getting into film. So it was kind of interesting. It was more of a, a more of a general Q and A, and you got to. I feel like you got to hear more than you might not have heard mm. in a regular panel. So it was pretty cool, and I would uh, yeah, I would definitely recommend people checking that out. Hmm. Also on the exhibition hall floor. There was one place where you could play that uh, Alien Isolation game. Did you
1: get inside the egg to play?
2: I didn't, but there were there was one of them there. There were fourteen in the Nerd HQ area. Oh wow! So a way shorter line you could get in. So that, when I found that out, I was like, "There's no way I'm waiting in that other line for like forty minutes when I can wait for maybe ten over here and do the same thing."
0: Did you play the game?
2: I didn't. the The one time I went and was actually going to do it. They were shutting it down already because oh, on right. Sunday it was that's too right. late.
0: Yeah. Um, Nerd HQ sounds cool
2: yeah. I should probably yeah, go next year
0: Yeah I, I went inside just uh, for a very short time And I found myself thinking Wow I uh, wish I had spent more time here But then of course there was plenty of stuff That I enjoyed inside right. the convention There's
2: center, stuff so. to find all over the place yeah. So that that was a lot of what I did in the morning Because I didn't go in And then I th- unless I'm misremembering I think the first panel I went into Might have been the Twin Peaks one So,
1: well, Should we talk about it?
0: Sure Was it the first thing you did or did you just something else? That, that no was- I did uh, Trailers from Hell that day
1: what, oh, the Warner so did Archive?
0: I? Yeah, I forgot about I was that. i wondering why you didn't mention it.
1: Uh, but I guess that's when we can both talk about. Were were,
0: now, were you with the trailers? Or I was not there. No,
1: that was a good time. The trailers. It were. was. And what uh, was your
0: favorite one? Favorite trailer? I don't remember at all. I'm very oh. intrigued like by Magic that. The Magic Boy one.
1: Which one is that? The Japanese animated one from the 50s. It's very strange. Sort of, I guess, a precursor to the anime as we know it, according to the Warner Archive guys. Yeah. Uh, th- I because that was very funny.
0: honestly, uh, I, I enjoyed the panel, but because they talk over the trailers, my memory of the trailers I wasn't uh, what isn't is pretty hazy. Uh, but I will say that that one uh, with Red Fox just looks absolutely <laughs> insane. Yeah. That weird Archie Bunker type. Thing. it's I don't know very strange
1: <laughs> yeah red, po- red fox plays a guy who goes to visit his son and find uh, does he find out that his son is gay and living with another man I think so yeah and it's like 1970 or something yeah like.
0: and so his son is in a relationship with a white man yeah
1: which is certainly so not part never of the plot.
0: addressed they don't th- yeah so it's fascinating um I'm trying to remember the name of the movie I feel like we're bad at doing is this. is the word Norman in there
1: something like that uh, yeah it's something like that.
0: But uh, anyway, Norman, is that you? Norman, is that you? Yes. Uh, So, okay, good for me for remembering the name. I because my first thought was I'm just thinking Norman Lear.
1: Um, um, By the way, the white uh, gay lover is played by Dennis Dugan. who would go on to direct things like Happy Gilmore.
0: Hmm. Right. What? No. Seriously?
1: No. Hang on. Let's see. He directed Grown Ups 2, Jack and Jill. Just go with it. Grown ups, you don't mess with the Zohan.
0: Um, what other stuff has he acted in? Oh, I don't know. Wow, I didn't realize that was the same guy. I knew the name, and I just thought, yeah, oh, well, maybe I guess he, a- he
1: acted in like all these things as well.
0: Oh, okay, all right, yeah. But he's
1: also a director. I know him as the director of the of a lot of Adam Sandler movies. Wow.
0: So, and who knows? Maybe he learned everything he knows from Norman. Is that you? Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, so from there. Uh, there was tw- the Twin Peaks Blu-ray panel, which was uh, a lot of fun, and that's the thing. They're clearly just trying to sell the Twin Peaks Blu-ray, but I didn't yeah. care. And you know what? I'm, they I'm did. Sold. They right. did. buying that.
2: That's sure. that's one of those things where you were there because of a product that they're selling. Yeah. Like you wanted to hear more about a pro- so that makes more sense that they're trying to sell you something because yeah. you're excited to hear about the product. You want to buy the product. I know I do. So.
0: Yeah, because I'm sure a number of people like myself own the DVD Gold Box. So do I. And I'm sure many people thought, why on earth would I? I mean, you know, you can make that argument anytime something makes the jump to Blu-ray, but it's like, well, it's television; it's not like this epic uh, theatrical film or anything like that. So why would we make the jump? But they sold me on just yeah. the sheer amount of stuff. Whether that's in your it.
1: thing is just about video quality,
0: yeah, clearly way better. Absolutely. Or if your
1: thing is about extras, also yeah, play uh, uh, Like, yeah.
2: I was excited that they they are redoing the Log Lady intros because I love those Log Lady intros. I've never actually seen
1: those because I didn't watch it when it was on Bravo.
2: You can't get it on Netflix, which sucks. But the uh, the that Gold Box set has them included on there. I have that. I could watch. Yeah, so but
1: I'll wait for the Blu Ray and see them all cleaned up. Exactly. Uh, But also the because unlike the Gold Box, the this will also include the film Firewalk.
2: with Right Right
1: and. All eighty-eight minutes of the deleted scenes, including c- all the Nadine and all the characters that didn't make it into Firewalk with
2: me. I can't believe there are eighty-eight minutes of that. That's insane. Well, it's I mean, a whole other movie.
1: I mean, yeah, as someone who has been a David Lynch fan almost as long as I've been a cinephile, I knew that was out there. Like I knew that was something that was talked about that they mm-hmm. had done all these like characters from Twin Peaks the series who were not in Firewalk with me did scenes and they aren't there. And yeah, I don't think I knew that it was eighty-eight minutes, but it's also. Um, didn't they say it's not going to be like, watch this scene, watch this scene. They're actually, it all them together cut together with like with a score score and
2: everything. Yeah. Which sounds yeah. amazing. So it's essentially
1: like there's another movie that's never been seen it's, before. It's
2: kind of like there's a new David Lynch movie yeah. on this.
1: That based on the two clips they showed is going to be a surrealist comedy. Oh like, yeah. The two clips they showed were so. like the
0: funniest things. In the <laughs> yeah, I'm hungry. It was that there's one called I'm hungry. It was just <laughs> when he
2: stomps in, when he first comes in, it's yeah. like,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's delightful. Um, so then, after that, I went to, uh, as I always do, I, I go to the uh, spiritual themes and comics panel, which was actually very interesting because uh, while that tends to be a Christian-based panel, uh, in this case, they invited a guy in who was a lot of. Uh, he, I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure what I would call the him Adventists? specifically. I don't uh, <laughs> No, it's uh, I don't, re- I don't remember exactly. Damn it, he's he's Ordoastrians. Were there
1: Zoroastrians in the film? I don't know what that
0: is. Okay. Is that a – what <laughs> is that? religion, that? I'm pretty That's sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but he wrote – don't a, think they worship Zoro, though. I know. It's, they they <laughs> oh, clearly worship space Zoro. But if they did. Um, so uh, – but it was interesting because it was a bit, it was a bit more universal uh, and just talking about, you know, that people trying – like these guys trying to incorporate spiritual themes into their work – but also trying to make it universal while also being specific, which is something, David, you and I talk about a lot. Um, so after that, I did go into – it was I did not waltz in. It was about a half-hour wait in line to get to the Hall H uh, for the Warner Television – WBTV. Panel. Yes, which was – Hosted uh,
1: by – or moderated by Stephen – how do you say it? Amel or Amol? I don't remember. Okay. Um, I've always wanted to know how to say his name. I was hoping you could I think I think mystery.
0: Amel. That sounds familiar to me. Uh, yeah, the guy who plays Arrow and is a total charisma vacuum. Um, and so, uh, no offense to him. It's, it, he's... We I saw like uh, trailers and, and a clip from Arrow, and it look, looks like he's got the physicality aspect down like really well. I've watched it's one really of really Arrow; it was yeah, cool. It's when he starts talking that the problems <laughs> start. Uh, so anyway, so I saw the the premiere of The Flash, and uh, yeah, sure, fine, whatever. I, yeah? I didn't. It seemed kind I of I heard whatever. From to peop, me.
1: like I mentioned, people who went to the preview screenings on or the pilot screenings on preview night, they liked The Flash, but I wonder if it's because okay. they had also seen Constantine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. it really good yeah. by, by
0: comparison. comparison yeah and if i had stayed for constantine which i don't know if they were showing the uh the premiere just scenes from it. I think they were showing the whole thing. Oh, okay. um, but I left by then. Um, so maybe if I'd seen that, the Flash would have looked much better. But after the Flash, I saw Gotham, which is frankly the reason I was there, and right. apparently the reason a lot of people were there because uh, there was a mass exodus after it was <laughs> over. Um, and I really responded to it. I oh, thought God. it was visually. I thought it was a nice blend of the Tim Burton. Christopher Nolan, Batman, the Animated Series, Universes, uh, thus making it very much its own thing. I thought the acting was good all around. Donald Logue, always dependable. He plays uh, Harvey Bullock, if that means anything to you. Um, I I really I like the ensemble nature, that Bruce Wayne is still a, a, a character and Alfred's still a character, but they're not the main character. If there is a lead, it is Jim Gordon. Um but yeah, it just—I I, really—I don't know—I if they keep if the series keeps going at this level of quality, I will be very excited. And yes, we got one scene with Edward Nigma, and i, I love the way it was written, and I loved the way he was played. Oh, good. like if you look at the images of him, you have a very clear idea of how he might be being played. That like this very t- timid, nerdy, sheepish, quiet genius. That's based on just the images. You actually watch the film and he's, he's arrogant pilot. Uh, What was that? Oh, sorry. You watch the pilot. You see that he's arrogant. He talks fast. His scene goes by fast because he talks so fast. Um, and it's, and it's just really neat because he is genuinely brilliant. He plays a forensic, uh, investigator.
1: uh, Have you watched Sherlock with Benedict Cumberbatch? Yes. Is he like their version of Moriarty? Because that's what I'm calling. He's not, based on your description, that's yeah, kind of what he's I'm calling not me. quite
0: as uh, purposefully playful as the, as Moriarty is, but he, it's not unlike that. And just and you see just this rivalry between Bullock, who's just this no nonsense kind of guy, and then this brilliant guy who just enjoys toying with people a little bit. Like even though he's not a villain yet, he's still kind of an asshole. <laughs> and uh, so I'm excited to see more of him. I love the guy playing the Penguin. From what it's from what I've heard, the first season will be about the rise of the Penguin. Okay, and if this is how he's being played and how he's being written, I can't wait to see it. So, and is Bruce Wayne in the pilot? Yes, he is. Okay, and he's how old? Thirteen. He's however old he he's like ten or eleven. Oh he's, wow! The the first scene is the death of the Waynes Okay, um, and so uh, the Wayans. That's right. They really went out of their way. That is. That's why I love the. It's a strange the pilot choice. So they, they made it clear. You, here's what you're not getting with Gotham. Um, but yeah, so I, so I enjoyed it a lot. I can't recommend it highly enough. I was very happy I got to see it. So that was my Saturday.
1: All right. And then Sunday, all I did was um, walk around and pick up some more Sclusies. Um, and uh, that's it. And I, then I had uh, lunch with you and uh, Kate and her sister and Ryan.
0: That's right. I'm glad I was able to do that. I didn't yeah, have a whole a lot time. of time. But um, Josh and I went to the... A specifically a Christian comics panel that also doubles as sort of like a low level church service, um, sure. which was which was interesting, um, and I liked that a lot. And they in that panel they addressed the the yellow signs and stuff like that, so that was very interesting. And then after that, I went to another Warner Archive panel called A Batman for All Seasons, which was everything that that other Batman panel wasn't, uh, and I wanted it to be. It right. just talks about the evolution of the of the character. And how he was so campy for so long. And one thing that uh, so many people on that panel said was, it's fine. He can be the dark brooding hero and he can be the campy one. One is not more legit than the other. Obviously, because we're human beings and adults, we're probably going to tend more towards the, the dark one. But maybe not. You, somebody shouldn't be made to feel bad because they like the old campy series and stuff yeah. like that so so it was really great it was a good note to end on uh and then afterwards uh josh myself and josh's friend we all went to pixels we went uh, to yeah. we went to uh an arcade oh, right. sponsored by this movie and where pixels. was that it was on fifth avenue it was right by the hard rock fifth cafe street oh okay yeah so uh and Which then I
2: found out that i'm terrible at all those games yeah most especially at donkey Kong. Yeah, yeah, I'm. There I'm
1: was off. no possible kill screen.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Not <laughs> that I could tell. Okay,
1: have yeah. you guys seen? I don't the know King of is. Kong.
0: Oh no, hmm. I haven't. I'm sorry.
1: So when you there's like oh, there's a limited number of levels. It's really high. But when you beat, like, every level of Donkey Kong, then the thing that comes, it just stops, and it's called the kill screen. So there's a part in the King of Kong where there's a guy at, like, the tournament who's doing really well on Donkey Kong, and so one of the organizers is just walking around to people just to let them know what's going on so people can gather, just walk around going, well, we've got a possible kill screen. P- possible kill <laughs> screen on Donkey Kong. <laughs> King of Kong is, like, a it's one of the most perfect documentaries ever made.
0: <laughs> and I anyway. still haven't seen it. I saw Chasing Ghosts, which, which is all about that generation okay that that one guy uh billy billy Elliot, <laughs> billy mitchell billy mitchell thank you <laughs> uh, the generation that he came up from but uh, and so i saw interviews with him and he seems like a real piece of work uh but i never saw king of kong it feels like it would make me uncomfortable
1: i don't know it's uh i mean uh, i don't know what you mean by that it, like the only thing that makes me uncomfortable is that they clearly set up like a narrative yeah steve Weeby's the good guy yeah, yeah. and billy mitchell's the bad guy and you kind of they kind of ignore things like like steve Weeby doesn't seem like he's maybe the best husband or dad yeah like, <laughs> he kind of spends all his time in the garage playing video games <laughs> um but they kind of ignore that
0: to make him the yeah the underdog hero um but no it's a really good movie um josh what did you what did you do on sunday after uh we separated after the christian comics panel
2: uh, I went and had lunch with someone.
0: <laughs> oh, okay.
2: So <laughs> no one went to the Comic Con Talk exciting. panel.
0: I did not. I no. want to every year, but it's one of those things where it's like, it's at the very end. So late, yeah. And, and I, I, part of me wants to stay to the end of the thing because like, like yourself, this is a thing I look forward to all year. So why would I, but then I leave early. But
1: I also feel like if I stayed to the very end, it'd be more depressing. Like, I think a part of me likes that I leave Comic Con and I can kind of fool myself that Comic Con is like always going on that it that never is, stops. That is <laughs> how I feel about
0: Disneyland. I do not <laughs> stay until closing time because I don't want I want to believe it'll continue. I oh, I, I like, wore out. I feel like I'd <laughs> love to be at
2: Disney World at closing time.
0: I have been. It sucks actually, it's just so it's
1: just a crush of people had it like it takes yeah. forever to get out.
2: I mean if I want to be inside there when it's closed down.
1: I'm sure it's awesome. terrifying. I think it'd be good. Yeah. yeah what would well, be terrifying about it? It's the happiest place on Earth. I've seen, seen Scooby-Doo
0: episodes to know that a, a shut-down amusement park... Old Man Bailey, be up to this something.
1: Is, this isn't just any amusement. This is the happiest place on Earth. When it's open. but can't When you, it's closed. Can't you, it, like, it is so haunted. Can't people, like, stay overnight? Or don't they do that? Like, the, for, like, uh, there is like, a like There's or a, or a
0: Disneyland go? suite, which is right over uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they can, like, leave. I doubt and, they can leave. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't think they can roam isn't it the... just,
2: then isn't it just like kind of a very fancy, expensive prison,
0: yeah, yeah, you're getting thrown in the brig. <laughs>
1: Uh, i mean there's like pink pillows and sheets and everything
0: <laughs> yeah still, just, a, a brig is a brig is what i always say it's just like you know behind these curtains it's just cinder block walls
2: <laughs> I, I, I think the way i visualize this happening is like you're you're up in that above uh pirates of the caribbean and you can kind of look out and it's, it's just dark and empty out there and nobody's around and you're like this is kind of creepy and then you look out there and then just goofy standing in the courtyard <laughs> just kind of looking and you're like did you just see this and you come back later and there's like four more of them there's like now minnie's there and captain hook's there and they're like they're just standing looking up at your window.
1: I think that's a great note to end on. Absolutely, <laughs> uh, you can find us at BattleshipRetention com. Uh, you can email us David at BattleshipRetention or Tyler at BattleshipRetention I'm blowing through this because you got to get to a movie. Maybe uh, you can. What? Where am I? I'm on Twitter at the Pretension. Tyler's on Twitter at More Lessons. That's the official Twitter of the other podcast, More Than One Lesson, which is at More Than One Lesson com. What's going on over at More Than One Lesson? We just
0: posted. Posty. What's we, up? We just posted uh, a minisode about Shakespeare and Love. Uh, having the discussion about whether it deserved to beat saving private ryan a lot of people thinks uh, a lot of people think it does not in fact as i posted a lot of people uh, said i disagree uh because we come to the conclusion that we're perfectly fine with it hmm. um so that is available more than and then coming up uh is a discussion about the big kahuna which is a a lesser known film but one that i was inspired to talk about by the yellow signs at uh Mm. Comic Con, uh, but then I also wanted to remind everybody for the month of August. If you haven't, uh, you know, do it only once. Email me, Tyler Ten comedies that you think absolutely belong on the list of the top fifty comedies, and then we will reveal the complete list in September.
2: Are we allowed to do those too?
0: Yes. i oh, good. All right. I'm excited.
1: Um, my other podcast is called Hey Watch This uh, with uh, Paul and David. We talk about TV. This week we we'll be talking about the premiere of Manhattan on WGN America uh spoiler i really wanted it to be good it's not nearly as good as it could be or the, as it thinks it is um and then also something called Pen and teller uh fool us or penn and teller get fooled or something i think it's F- penn and teller fool us which
2: I haven't watched yet, so we'll see. Uh, we'll talk about that this week.
1: Uh Josh, other than the more than one lesson and your reviews at Battleship dot com, where can people find you?
2: Uh you can find me on Twitter at the Josh Long. Uh you can find me on Letterboxd as well. I think my name's the Josh Long on there. So
0: All right. yeah, I never play it I never talk about Letterboxd. I don't really use it for other people. I- people will say I'll see oh, someone follows you, and I think, oh, okay. It's not for them.
2: I follow everyone back now, because it's not, like I I don't do that on Twitter or Instagram, because it just crams up your feed, and it's way too much, but that one, I I don't care. I'll be interested to see what anybody thinks about something, so I follow everybody. Interesting.
0: All right. right. That is it. Thanks for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye.